Hey gang, Hydroberg here to welcome you back to week two of Browvember, an all month long love affair with all things unibrow and horror. This week's pluck is The Company of Wolves from 1984, a brow filled tale. My, what great big ears you have. The better to listen to episode 124 of A Cut Above, starting now. Cut my life into pieces! Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be continuing our wonderful theme of Browvember, a month dedicated to the magical <laughs> unibrow in film, in horror films. Tonight we're covering The Company of Wolves from 1984, but first let's meet everyone else on the show. First up, it's John. What's going on, John? Well, uh, I'm doing browtastic there, Jacqueline. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the fact that Hyderberg like really holds to the bit, mm-hmm. and uh, it's fantastic. So I'm doing very well. How are you guys? Pretty good, pretty good. Browtastic as well. Yes, also browtastic, but not as browtastic as Hyderberg. He is the most browtastic of us all. Mm. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the most browtastic of us all? You know, I I really think we need to start a YouTube page just for Hydroberg's backgrounds that he puts. I think on, I think so too. On, oh my gosh! I mean, they're they're classic. Because our listeners are not getting this like this like extra enrichment of the of the podcast experience because they're not seeing the different background every week. It's always it's like a still a shot point. or a poster. This one something. I did a still shot from the movie because it's just funny. It's <laughs> just amazing. It's <laughs> yeah, for all the audio listeners out there, um, we have a gentleman from the movie licking his uh, eyeball with his tongue. Yeah, that's what's happening with a full and luscious unibrow on top. Yeah, we should get into the unibrow raise or uh, ratings later on. Uh, how it's represented? Oh, I movie. have a feeling that's going to happen. <laughs> well, there's definitely some representation. There is representation. However, there is no beautiful PJs in this movie. That's that's the that's the trade-off, unfortunately. There but no... I also also got to introduce Hydraberg before it gets away from us. Mm-hmm. What's up, Hydraberg? You're here too. Hey, what's going on? My Jacqueline, your ears uh look bigger. The better to hear you with tonight, ah. Hydraberg. Oh, hey John, your eyes, they look uh bigger as well. Better to see you with, oh, my thank friend. You. Oh, Hydraberg, what a large unibrow you have. Oh, thank you. The better to brow you with. <laughs> <laughs> the better to emote you with. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we even get started, I have to say, like, I didn't think that a movie could be more perfect, like, could more perfectly showcase a unibrow than last week's movie. And yet, and this week. here we are. <laughs> yeah, stand corrected. So, yep. It's, just uh, these were all blind. They're all blind picks too. That's what's that's what shocked me. I'm like, wow, the first two so far. I, I, I know. Hydrobrow. Like, uh, yeah, excellent job on this month yeah. because yeah, it's like right on. I <laughs> think is. next week's is pretty good too. If I, if yeah. the box art serves. Uh, really, I, and yeah. I got to be completely honest. I've never seen any of these movies. Neither have I. Yeah, any of them. Like you said, it's blind. It's like, yeah. I think well, Jacqueline's like, pick. You've seen that one before at the end of the month, right? No, no. 
It does Jacqueline's seem like only a, seen this one, I think. It does seem like a Jacqueline movie, but yet I have not seen uh, the the final movie for this month, um, which you guys will find out about in a couple weeks. Um, yeah. I had seen tonight's movie before, but has been probably about ten years or more. You know what's weird about this one too, and you know I, I know we got to get moving, but it, it's like I don't even remember seeing this at a blockbuster. You know, seeing mm. the box the box of this movie. I'm sure it passed. I always remember the box. Actually, it's weird. Really? It was one of those boxes that kind of like threw me off, so I never rented it. Mm. It looked weird with the face, like the I don't know the wolf coming out of the guy's mouth, and I didn't mm-hmm. know what to make of it, and I didn't know it was like a Red Riding Hood kind of thing at the time. So, oh really? Even though we should right hold on to that, about. we should hold on to that. Yeah, yeah. discuss it later for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I don't remember seeing it. I mean, I, I guess maybe it's just because. You know, they, it's just yeah, one of those things. It. Sometimes things kind of just slip through the cracks. We all have a bunch of movies like that that we just somehow are never aware of. This one, I'm not even sure how I stumbled on it. I just, I just know that I bought it somewhere and had it on my shelf for like I don't know, a good, good year or so before oh, I finally got around. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've got it on physical media. I don't, I don't know why. I don't remember buying it. I just know that I had it on my shelf, and then maybe a year later I watched it, and that was about ten years ago. Or oh, give cool. or take. Mm. And uh, cool. so I had like a general impression of what it was, like a general memory, but you know, enough time has passed that I had forgotten almost all of the details. So um yeah. But yeah, we can we can talk more about it later. It's just kind of mm, mysterious to think back on the uh the first impressions of this movie. Um but yeah. So uh what's been going on with you guys this week? Heidelberg, how's Cinemigos? Uh Cinemigos is doing well. My other podcast, um a trio as well uh me john and uh rob mm-hmm. we uh, rate and review a new movie each week to each other we introduce a movie to someone in the group basically and so, so and i want to give you huge props on your latest episode fistful of dollars that was a lot of fun to listen to so well done to all three of you guys who did not see that movie or i hadn't seen it, it and okay. i don't think john had seen it it's rob's pick okay and he also picked it too because it's sort of like it's a remake of um Yojimbos, and we had covered that previously, yeah, mm-hmm. on like episode three. So he wanted to bring it back around and bring that movie on, so we can have that discussion. So it was good. Cool. Are you ever going to have your? Are you ever going to have your other partners on that show? I mean, we don't have to talk all horror, but you know, I'm just I giving us a little plug. I don't know. We we're, we like haven't discussed guests as much as right now. We said just to keep it the three of us okay. until like we hit like a good, I don't know, mark. Well, like I think that we're all good friends good here. Friends. I think Jacqueline would agree with me that that you know, Absolutely. hey, if if you're going to invite guests well, on, come on. I have, I I do have a plan down the road to bring uh the Cinemigos on here. So mm. yeah, that'll be awesome. That that'll be rad. Bring movie. the two nice together. Collabo for us. Yep. So. Nice little crossover. And I do want to thank Stephen and Leo again for coming on last week. Uh, that was fantastic. Absolutely. A lot of fun. Great discussion. I, I don't think Jacqueline, I think, texted all of us. It's like my side still hurt from laughing that hard. <laughs> yeah, I, it took me a while to cut. And then I listened to it today, um, driving to and from work. And I just like did, I just laughed all over again. Just yeah, seeing them out. It was a good time. Yeah, it was. Perfect, perfect movie, perfect guests. Mm-hmm. Just, just great yeah. way to kick off the yeah. theme month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this one's different, though. Totally different vibe. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, before we get to that, though, John, do you have some news for us? I actually do. And I know Heidelberg just watched this, but I had a homework assignment for you guys to watch the teaser for Ghostbusters Frozen Empire coming out on March 29th of 2024. So it's I would say it's horror adjacent. 
Uh, thoughts? Heidelberg said she just watched it. What'd you think? Very frigid. I'm very frigid on uh, <laughs> Empire. It just doesn't. It's not for me. That movie's uh, not for me. I can tell yeah. looking at it. I haven't even seen the last one. Yeah, me either. It's for a younger generation of Ghostbusters. If they want to make it for them, by all means, watch that. But I'm not into it. You know. How about you, Jacqueline? What you think? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't look appealing to me. Um, it looks more like the day after tomorrow than a Ghostbusters mm-hmm. movie. I'm like, yeah, what are we doing is. here? Um, okay, so everything's frozen. It's it's frozen. It's it's frozen. Is somebody gonna break into song? Mm. Like, is there a princess? I don't <laughs> Let know it go, going. Jacqueline. Let it I, go. I'm gonna have to, I guess. The cold never bothered me anyway. So <laughs> nice, nice pull. Thanks. I'm a little I'm a little surprised you know that lyric, but okay. Hey, I've got nieces and nephews. I That's had to watch true. Frozen many a time. So That's true. <laughs> so it's all good. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm with you guys. I'm I'm not excited about this. And and like you said, Heidelberg, I, I didn't see the previous one. I think it's pretty rad that Paul Rudd's in it. You know, he just adds that character, you know. Um, it was pretty cool to see all the original Ghostbusters, R.I.P. Um, Harold Ramis. You know, he passed away a couple of years ago, but um, not seeing him kind of sucked. Yeah. It just didn't, yeah, it didn't blow my skirt up at all. Yeah. No, nope. um, like, I think if you have that yen, just go back and watch the the original. Agreed. Yeah, Ghostbusters 1 and 2 are awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely a gateway horror-adjacent yeah. movie, so, you know. Definitely you agree. Watch, yep. Yeah. Well, this is a documentary that we didn't know we needed, but we absolutely do. It's called Hollywood uh, Trailblazer, the Deborah Hill story. Yes. Yeah. Applaud. Uh, Applaud. It's being executive produced by Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, going to feature all the people that she's worked with. But uh, if you don't know Deborah Hill, obviously a collaborator with John Carpenter, he's he's going to be in it. Um, God, I'm looking forward to this. You know, I mean, she was so influential. You know, it's almost like I think when this comes out, we just should do like all Deborah Hill produced or or collaborated mm. movies you know just kind of as a, a tribute to her she did pass away well there's a couple definitely that we haven't covered mm-hmm. that's true that's For true sure. but like a huge collaborator with john carpenter um but no word on when it's going to be released but i'm really looking forward to it i mean in all sincerity i think deborah hill not just as a a, a, a female um you know a creator but just in the horror genre period, you know, just yeah. really is influential for, you know, my favorite movie of all time. And again, I've said this many times on the podcast is Halloween. And the fact that Deborah Hill and John Carpenter got together and just collaborated on this movie and made such a, a classic, you know, it's just like, I, it's near and dear to my heart. So, I mean, I think it might be an emotional watch for me just because mm-hmm. I, I have so much uh, yeah. uh, love for that movie. But mm-hmm. I mean, everything else she did with John Carpenter was fantastic. So, yeah, she was a huge force, actually, on that specific film in yeah, holding the sure. script as well as the, the how the women would act and the the lady characters, because mm-hmm. she was just like, no, 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 this isn't how women would talk or sure. step in and make corrections. Mm-hmm. She had a lot of say in a lot of the things in that movie. I know our friend Nicole is a big fan of Deborah Hill. Um, when I did a guest appearance on her podcast, uh, Light and Shadow, uh, in February of 22, so like a year and a half ago, um, we were talking about some of our favorite and most influential women in horror, like in any capacity, like writer, director, whatever. And um, one of Nicole's picks was Deborah Hill, and she kind of waxed rhapsodic about her for for a while and talked about some of the things that 
were meaningful to her about Deborah Hill. So I would recommend a listen to that episode. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought it was a fantastic conversation. Um, I was actually thinking about breaking stride. Um, if this does come out before February, mm-hmm. because uh, Women in Horror Month, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to continue with that tradition that we do uh, every year in February, Women in Horror Month. I think it might be the first time we do a documentary and I might change my pick for that yeah. month. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think we should. Just because it, I mean, if it lines up that way, that'd be. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm saying that that if this comes out and it's accessible for all of us, I think that it's going to be a really important discussion. Was there a release date on it, or they're no. making it? I think they're making. Uh, it. Like it's being... Yeah, I mean, it was just the story, and and again, Heisberg, thank you for sending me that story. No, there was no specifics on when it's yeah, going to be done, but it's being produced right now. Um, and mm. by the way. The actor strike is over. Well, obviously, the Yay. writers Woo-hoo. made an agreement, the actors. So we're going to st- start seeing a lot more news with horror. Um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. But other than that, that's all I got. Oh, all did right. you guys see the uh, Terrifier 3 teaser? I yeah, did. I finally got to see it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, good to me. it was everything you guys said from last week. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know. It looks good to me. It just makes me a little nervous. You know how I am about kids getting murdered and stuff. But uh, for Art the Clown, I might tough it out. (laughs) (laughs) Who am I kidding? Of course I'll tough it out. Did you guys get that Silent Night, Deadly Night vibe from it? Yeah, there's definitely vibes there with the axe, for sure. And the Santa. And yeah, there's just it's hard to avoid those vibes, even if you weren't going for them. Which it Mm -hmm. feels like he totally is, obviously. That movie's got to be an influence of Leone. So, no, it looks... looks interesting it's gonna be interesting to see what he does with christmas that's what i'm kind of curious about over everything and you're right it's interesting because it's coming out october 24th so of next year and it's like okay so you're going that early you know just before halloween season's over but then i don't know know. and like we talked about last week it's still going to be gory it's still being bloody as fuck but um i guess it's going to be uh edited down so it's not over two hours long two and a half hours long Yeah. yeah Well, so, so you don't have to thing. see the trash bag as long. So, <laughs> Well, so when Terrifier 2 came out, my memory is a little hazy on this, but am I correct in remembering that they just kept bringing it back week after week after week because people unexpectedly just kept going to see it and the numbers kept growing and growing? So, I mean, if this comes out in late October, I mean, it could theoretically go until late November, early December, mid-December, mm. even if people keep going to see it. I feel like it's going to generate a lot of buzz. Um, the second one generated a ton of buzz. I think people are going to be more primed for this one than they were coming off of the first one, getting ready for the second one. So this one could like get a lot of butts in the theater seats and and last into December. So I don't know. Maybe it can cover if both If there holidays. isn't too much stiff competition. I mean, I'm sure theaters might be willing to uh, knowing the success of the last one. They're probably going to do the same offers to with this one. If it's just doing better and better, they'll just keep it in the theater longer and longer like last time. Yeah, and, and that was the thing about Terrifier 2 is it, it was such a small budget. And Jacqueline, I think you hit it right on the nose is that they planned on releasing it for a weekend. Yeah. yeah. But, but there was such huge <laughs> demand for it. And, and it wasn't like it made a shit ton of money at the box office, but it did make, you know, 100 times its, no, not 100 times, but like 10 times its budget. Yeah. And they just kept bringing it back. So it stayed in the theaters for maybe three, four weeks. Well, and then they put I think it might have been longer it, you know than that I mean? even. It could have been. And the fact that they brought it back, you know, I think that's that that's a telltale sign that that movie is successful, you know, and yeah. it's they bring it back 
this time of year and everybody wants to go see it. And there was a lot of buzz around, oh, there's going to be a teaser for the next one. So, yeah. Hey, there, I think there's some great marketing going on around this this series. And I think uh, Damien Leone is like maybe hitting a stride. So. Well, good on him for like taking this franchise to a you know whole different stratosphere. Absolutely, for real. I feel like we need it. Like it's it's like it's a type of movie and a type of franchise and a type of you know character in Art the Clown that uh, we kind of haven't had that sort of like iconic feel for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's true. It does fill a lot of gaps and yeah. like that are. That's why I think it hit even the first one, even with the rough edges and stuff like that. I think as a series, it just hit. Because there was, it had the grotesque gore that looks good and uh, the out there character, you know, um, slasher tropes that you like, but he's also bending them too. He's got a gun. <laughs> you know, but yeah. <laughs> check it out. I'm not the biggest terrifier guy, but I will check out the Christmas terrifier. Definitely. Well, it's, it's you're, definitely. You're good sport about it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely got to be on our docket for next year. I mean, obviously. Um, yes. Don't so, be ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like you try I wish we had art me. around the house during the holidays when my dad would like make one of us have to pick up the trash while everybody's at you know opening the gifts so the trash doesn't get everywhere so someone's got the trash bag <laughs> and has to like fill it with some See, of the it's wrapping. perfect yeah. art at christmas so it's if a art perfect was there, he could just throw all that stuff in his bag that's so fun. That's such a universal experience right yeah. like everyone would have has, syringes yeah, it would have guns hacksaws yeah Forks. <laughs> Forks. Who knows? <laughs> Broken that's glass. All. There you go. That's all I got. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of, I went on that tangent. I know that we talked about it a little bit last week, but the fact that you guys got to see it, you know, I just kind of want to know your thoughts. Yeah. I'm happy I got to see it. I will say, can I just one little tiny nitpick I have about the teaser trailer. Um, last week I mentioned just from like the little, I saw like a little two second clip of it, you know, the little girl and art by the tree. But in this time, I was able to see the full teaser. Um, I didn't like how the little girl kind of very loudly said, Santa! Like, I wanted it to be more of a soft, kind of tentative, like, Santa? Like, she's not sure, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, But it it seemed too exuberant. And I don't know, I wanted it to be a little softer so that, like, the reveal, like, the energy of the reveal. Maybe that's why he kills her, you know? He's like, shut up! You're being too loud! Get off my lawn. I, I like the little nod where he's got the glass of milk and he just kind of toasts the camera. I love that too. I thought that was very charming. Oh, it's so art. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> he's sadistic but still affable somehow. Yeah. He was eating finger foods, literally. Fingers, you know. Mm. Oh boy. Oh art. Oh that art. That rascal. <laughs> that rascal. I All actually right. kind of I, I kind of thought of your daughter, uh Samara. Like like she had a shorter haircut or something like that. Mm-hmm. That might be her. Like she oh, awesome! See. Yeah, that's what I want to think about. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> Damn. I, I'm sorry. Samara's yeah. a beautiful young lady. I, I'm sorry. Thank you. Who comes out of the TV at night? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Dude, that They're should be her Halloween here. costume when she gets older. Have you What's ever that? seen? There's a cosplay that someone made where they crawl out of a it. literal TV. Yeah. Yeah. Stand. I don't know how they achieve it exactly. I don't know either, but I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it with with Samara when she gets older. Yeah. Build, build that sick. TV around her. Hell yeah. Well, it's only fitting, right? <laughs> All right. She's guys... going to be the horror movie fan, uh, fan of the family. So I hope so. I hope yeah. so. All right. You guys ready to talk about the company of wolves? I am. Absolutely. All right. Well, Hyderberg, it's not technically your pick, but it is technically your week. So I know you didn't exactly choose this film, but do you want to 
kick us off for fucks or sucks. Yeah, uh, this is week two of Browvember, an entire month dedicated to the unibrow in horror. Uh, so yeah, I think I think this is a I think this is an awkward yet charming movie that's at the end of the bar and it winks at you and its brow takes you home for a fun night that may leave you changed forever. If wow. change lasts more than five days, see a doctor or a priest. But otherwise, <laughs> it's a semi fuck. Okay. I was like really laden with metaphors. I liked it. (laughs) A lot of penis stuff and (laughs) wiener jokes. Uh, John. Yeah. What do you think? Did Company of Wolves fuck or suck? Well, it's like a woman at the end of the bar. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now you're doing it on purpose. (laughs) I am doing it on purpose. Um, Honestly, Jacqueline and Hydrobert, I don't know. Um, There were really good things about it. And there were really just things that didn't capture my interest in the movie um Hmm. so i i'm gonna keep it as simple as possible it's like you have sex with a woman at the end of the bar um (laughs) but um of course you do yeah what else would you do with as one does Uh, as one does um protection kids um i'm gonna give this for for the time being until we get into our discussion i'm gonna give this a flaccid fun okay how about you jacqueline well, I'll I'll tell you this movie for me it just happens to hit a lot of my buttons. It hits a lot of my pleasure buttons. It just kind of seems to instinctively know what I like. Um is it like the best lay I've ever had in my life? No, but it's like a damn good one. It's it's a little quirky. It's odd. It's, you know, some might consider it kind of a niche taste. Mm. Um but it's my taste. So, I'm glad I took this one home. It's a fuck. Oh, nice. Wait. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, John, you want to hit us with the spoiler warning so we can get into it? Sure. Uh, before I do that, it's 1984, right? When this was yeah. filmed. Yes. Okay. All right. We're going to be talking about The Company of Wolves from 1984 because it is Browvember. Uh, we're going to talk about this movie in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, then come back to find out what we thought about it. By the way, it's on Cheddar. Woo-hoo. Yeah, it is. That was mm-hmm. convenient. I wish I had that info last week just to tell everybody. But I realized that. Oh. Well, it's okay. Get moist, Hydroburn. I'm getting moist. I'm moistening. Do you want to moisten your eyebrows too? Oh, yeah. That's the thing. It's keeping my eyes dry. <laughs> I can't close them with the eyebrow. It's, just make, it's like... It's coming out of the bullpen unmoist. Okay. Yeah, I go I go to close my eyes so I can blink, and I can't blink with the unibrow on now. It's terrible. <laughs> I feel like this whole month, just my, my, my average laugh per minute index is going to be like five times higher than on any other normal month. <laughs> Uh, just everything is making me laugh this month. I'm ki- I'm keeping tallies right now. How many okay. times does Jacqueline like just bust out laughing, and how many times can we break her during Browvember? Probably a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think last week I broke at least twice. Mm. Yeah. All right, ready? I'm ready, Hydroberg. Give us that reach a brow. Yeah. That didn't work as well when that I brow, said it out loud. Oh, it's still funny. Hydroberg uh, brow around. Brow around. Yeah. I like reach a brow better. That's pretty funny. Yeah, sure. Reach a brow. Reach a brow. He's doing a reach a brow. Your background. Oh, yeah. He is. He's like combing his brow with his tongue. That's amazing. <laughs> we'll talk. I, we have, I have some notes on that scene. So. Heidelberg, I think you need to post that specific image on Instagram just so everybody knows what we're talking about. Okay. Take a, take a screenshot of this. <laughs> I should sell some tickets. 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 All right. Ready? <clears throat> Modern day young lady rests. Her sisters knocks, they barely pest. A party of slumber, Rosaline the guest. She dreams that night of fairy tales. Brows that meet, and men with tails. 
Grandma's warnings never failed. A pretty young woman with a little red hood strays from the path beyond the wood. A monobrowed man-beast that's up to no good. Her scent deep in his snout just what he needed. As warnings from Gran go unheeded, townsfolk rally want werewolf defeated. As present-day Rosaline tosses and turns, a message this evening we learn. Beware of the devil and all that you yearn. A folktale that may just free you, with bigger eyes so that I may see you. The sweetest tongue have teeth that will eat you. Through caution to the wind, chose a life on the prow. A wolf as a sheep dressed in the crowd, in the company of brows. Company of brows. That was so good. So yeah, that was that was awesome. Thank you, Jacqueline. I, I, and I know you got uh, um, <clears throat> trivia for this, but was that girl really twelve years old? Yeah. Was Ooh. she? Yeah. Uh, Rosalind. Yeah, was I wish she? I hadn't. Yeah, I wish I hadn't read that after watching it. Yeah. It's, I didn't know that. It's not the best. It's it's not the best feeling. Well, oh no, it's really well. not, and it hurts the movie because it's just like there's a lot of sexual t- tension in the movie. There, oh my god, and that was disgusting to me. I and, and I'm sorry, it took me out of the movie. It was just like if this girl really is, and again, oh my yeah. god, yeah, that's tough. Uh, yeah, didn't know that about this. Yeah, know. she's 12. That's not comfortable. No. Yeah, because there's definitely sexualization of her character along with the the groom. Or the huntsman, I should say. Uh, yeah, the yeah. dude just was very sexually, and she's portrayed as lascivious, a, as an old, at least an older adolescent, maybe sixteen, I, I would say, or something like that. It would look like, but so, see, I, and that's the vibe I got, or, or I, I would appreciate it that that okay, she, and it's still gross, but I mean, if she looks younger, but she's like 19, 20 years old, and portraying a 12, 13 year old girl, oh. Oh, yeah, that's okay. one thing. But the fact that she was actually twelve on set, that's yeah, that sucks. So let me let me just spend one of my trivia facts now. Please, um, please. It was originally written like the character was originally written to be sixteen, and when they were casting the movie, they were looking for older actresses, like adult actresses, to play a sixteen-year-old, basically. Sure. But um, Neil Jordan was so impressed by um. Her last name's Patterson for the life of me. I can't think of her first name, but the actress who played Sarah Rosaline, Sarah, pa- yeah, Sarah Patterson. Um, he was so impressed with her that he was like, I don't care that she's 12. I just really want her in this role. So there's That's, a reason that you felt the vibe was that good, it was supposed actually. to be I mean, an older character. I have no problems with her acting. I mean, it's just, yeah, it, no, it, I thought she was great. I, I mean, I just, I, I think that it really. God, subject matter it's a period piece age. i get that you know and, and yeah, maybe things still. things were different back then but know. it just yeah. my first watch i just i i felt gross a little bit like, that does oh. yuck it up a little bit i mean having watched it first and not knowing that it's well there's different, certain guess, but... things there's certain things about it that that make me uncomfortable but on the whole i feel like the dominant theme of this movie is like a cautionary tale against lascivious men and yeah. the the beast within, you know, the beast that lives within men and how important it is for young women and young girls to, like, protect their innocence from mm-hmm. the devious nature of men, basically. Mm-hmm. And so to that end, I feel like that theme is appropriate in regards to a 12-year-old girl. Like, they're sure. just kind of, they're entering puberty, and they're changing, and unfortunately, that is an age where some you know males start taking notice of them whether yeah, their own the age or not 
Mm-hmm. Um, literal predators. I mean, yeah, <laughs> seriously, literal predators yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I think the the thing that really um, makes it uncomfortable for me is specifically the scene between her and the huntsman, and how that scene ends up where she also becomes a werewolf yeah. and they run off together. It's like they've they're they're mates now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. That's, yeah, that that's, makes it uncomfortable. And, when and I was watching it, I had no problem. But then afterwards, when I was doing my trivia and I found out she was 12, I was like, ugh. Yeah, that is kind of poo-poo. Is this a foreign film or is it? It's British. British. It is? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. There's yeah. that. Okay. okay that, I, another problem I had with this is the jumping around. Um, yeah, I like a lot of narratives. I like the stories that the grandma's telling. And, you know, the fact that it is, a, like you said, a narrative. But it just jumps around. But then we get much. those meta stories where she's telling a story within the story. To yeah. Story where yeah, Rosalie like is telling a story, story now. within a dream. Yeah. Like... And it's just that's where it sort of lost me because there's several characters who are the same character. They're all the groomsmen, the hunts, the huntsmen. They're, they're all unibrowed. Yeah. The kid. They're almost the same character in a sense at different stages. It almost looked like. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I, it got confusing. And um, I, I, I think the plot uh, fits perfectly with our month. You know, because the you, Heisenberg, you keep making me call it unibrow, and I call it unibrow. I don't make you do anything. Like Heisenberg speaks a certain way. You don't have to. As as convincing as you are with this, is that I call it a unibrow now. Or it just rubs off. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. It does. Um, but it fits perfectly into this plot. You know, they they tell the story of you know if you meet a man with um um. Who's that me? That meat. <laughs> Don't trust him. Don't like, trust him. Like this story was specifically <laughs> about unibrows. I like, yeah. <laughs> never stray from the path. Never eat a windfall apple. And last but not least, never trust a man whose eyebrows meet. That's good. Hydroberg, I don't trust you right now. That is good wisdom. Gran has sound advice. Gran knows what's That's up. actually going to be my next tattoo. I was going. <laughs> So I have to say, I I was pretty sick for most of the weekend. I had to leave work early and go home on Thursday. I had the day off Friday, but I was running a fever. And so I was pretty loaded on like various um, cold medicines for most of the Ah, weekend. And I, um, I decided to watch this on Friday night and I had the worst time trying to follow the plot of this movie while i was <laughs> high on all this cold medicine Robo-tripping. i was on i was on like three different things and um i just like looking back i'm like oh it's really obvious what was going on here but at the time i was so confused you guys should see my note like the entirety of my notes like i don't even know how many times throughout my notes there's just like a sentence sprinkled in where i'm like wait is this whole thing a dream Wait, is this whole thing real? <laughs> Wait, is this whole thing a dream? <laughs> I just kept going back and forth because I was so like just out of my mind. It yeah, was not Jack the best Lee. date to watch this movie in. Or Lee. well, I don't know. Maybe it made it better. I don't know. No. But it was it was an experience. And I agree with you. I shouldn't have uh, ate those shrooms, you know, <laughs> just because it made it so confusing. Yeah. Not the I'll best tell you what, timing. The, when Angela Lansbury really, when she showed up, it really set off the uh, PCP that I had just been smoking. <laughs> I was just like, holy shit. And then so by the way, like, around any, and I huffed some gasoline and I was like, cool, yeah. now I can calm down. Any, any listener of the show, we were all on drugs watching this. <laughs> yeah. I speaking of Lan- Angela Lansbury, though, she was great to see in this. Oh my gosh. I enjoyed great. her as grand a good bit. Me too. Um, and she wasn't in it that much. I mean, nah. it, it, it was great to see her, you know, because it, I mean she played it so straight and just like this very innocent but knowledgeable. Mm. 
elderly mm-hmm. person where you're like, yeah, okay, I can listen to her all day long. Murder, she wrote. Yeah, so she kind of breaks down the lore this. for us yeah. with the wolves in the beginning and the story of the groom, the first story that we get with well, the young groom. She's kind of like the quintessential, like little old lady kind of um, image of the yeah. granny, like a little English granny. She's got the little glasses, the gray bun, and she knits it. She mm-hmm. looks like just such a stereotypical little grandmother. And she's kind of, she's warm and comforting, but she also, you know, has warnings and cautionary tales yeah. for the young people. It's while she's charming. telling her, yeah, while she's telling her tales, I, I, I had no idea this is, this was like a little, um, you know, homage to Little Red Riding Hood or maybe like a, a spinoff or something like that, another story to it until the red yarn came out. Mm-hmm. You know, while she's mm-hmm. telling the story, I, I didn't realize that. And then I went, oh, shit. Yeah, she makes Little Red Riding Hood. Hood. Yeah. yeah. And this is grand. And so then she yeah. tells the tale of the unibrow. <laughs> we get the young groom as he undresses and he reveals himself out of the shadows. Yeah. And we see the unibrow. And I was just like, wow, I thought last week's reveal was pretty good coming around the couch, you know, with Alex. But mm-hmm. this dude coming out of the shadows, I was like, damn, it puts, I don't know, gives Don't Panic a run for its money. It's an yeah, underhanded it's- brow, too. I don't trust this guy's unibrow. <laughs> Me either. Yeah. Nor should you. Um, If we could back up just a little bit. I just want to comment on the aesthetic of this movie because from the opening shot, I found the aesthetic of this movie to be so odd in a pleasant, mm-hmm. in a very pleasant way. This, like, the, like a Guillermo del Toro ish sort of. Yeah, but with a very distinctive, like British yeah. bent to it. Like, I, I don't know, like, I, I, I don't have like any connection to like British history or anything. But, but there's just something about its Britishness that was like very distinctive and pleasing to me. Like. You know, the kind of toys she had in her bedroom are just like different from like what American yeah. show. It's like the same kinds of toys, but the details about them are different. Like the doll's faces are different. And um, the look of the woods was so kind of mystical and eerie and just everything about it. The in- the interior of the house when we're still in the present day, you know, kind of like the frame story, the, uh, the reach around, if you will. Mm. Uh, just everything about the aesthetics of this movie totally hit my buttons like that was just really up my alley um yeah i I loved it i loved the aesthetic yeah i i I agree i i I love the opening (laughs) shot you know driving down the you know wooded path you know of of woods and everything like that it did bother me when we started going into the story or or started going into the you know laura the whole thing where it was a studio and you could tell it was but Eventually in the movie, I, I felt very charmed by that. It almost yeah. felt like a stage play. It felt yeah. like like yes. like you something can tell they're set pieces, but they're like yeah, yeah. really it, well it, done. And it, it makes it well feel and... more like a fairy tale, like a exactly. dark fairy tale for it, it to be on yeah. that sound stage. It gives it a, an air of like non-reality, which like I, labyrinth. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. sort of, That's exactly yeah. what I thought. Well, and there's so much dream logic and dream imagery in this mm-hmm. that, again, mm-hmm. being on a soundstage, to me, that actually worked better because I wanted it to feel a little unreal. And, yeah. like, for example, that scene where she's, like, up in the tree and she finds that nest and the nest yeah. is so fucking weird. And so she, she finds opens the egg with a baby in it. Like, it's like a porcelain fuck? figure or something like that. And then later yeah. on, yeah. that figure cries when she shows it yeah. to her mother. But yeah. also, it's I think so the weird. mirror and the lip gloss are from... 
Rosaline's the real time Rosaline's world. So it's like bleeding into the worlds of exactly. And so it's that like artificiality that is that like lends itself more to that dreamlike nature of it, which I just love. Yeah. Like the 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 Britishness, the weird imagery, and the dream imagery is just like it really hits for me. Yeah, and Jacqueline and Heidelberg, I think you're both right, you know. And Heidelberg, you mentioned Labyrinth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the things I remember about that movie, it's it's very vivid in my mind. But Jacqueline, you're absolutely right. You know, it felt like a a dream or, or, you know, uh, 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 just this haziness of of the way it was shot was so beautifully done, you know. I mean, you could actually see the canvases in the back, but it did, uh, uh, after I got past that, I enjoyed it. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is what we're doing. You know, they're throwing fake snow on the ground or whatever. They're making it jingle from the top. I, and I was very charmed by that. I yeah. think haziness is the right word. That's definitely mm-hmm. it. There's, there's like a veil over it that's like, it just makes it kind of look just sort of that real. anguish vibe too, you know, yes. of like it raining all the time and just being misty. And yeah. And it adds 100%. to the lore of like, this isn't, is this, this isn't real. This is fictional, sort of. We're in a fairy tale or. Yeah some kind of macabre dream or something like yeah i love it but yeah so part of my confusion when i was cold medicine was that like they kept like leaving the dream story and showing the real rosaline in bed dreaming Mm -hmm. and then i kept thinking that like in my weird brain i kept thinking that whatever happened after they showed her sleeping in bed was like back to reality again and so that's i was getting confused i didn't realize we were going back into the dream i thought we were like Oh, okay, okay. reality well there because it was, so I was a, very confused <laughs> there was a moment when i got a little confused but just by the layering of in the very beginning because there was like a moment where they showed alice die and i thought it was the alice i thought it was her sister like i thought the death was a dream because the way they shot it was like oh i'm being chased by wolves you know yeah it didn't seem like running little. through the mess well running... yeah it, it was very it much a fever dream that's yeah. what it was you know it was like that that you know sense of anxiety and everything went mm. running through the forest i i did like the fact that that uh, for rosalind they kept flashing back and they had the book like next to her pillow and then they showed the mirror you know like after every kind of story mm-hmm. and flashing back to her i i, I thought that was pretty that good actually they're establishing this yeah that was interesting actually yeah because they come into play later mm-hmm so I actually really like the kind of episodic nature of this movie it's like secretly an anthology film kind of yeah, sort of. In a way, like it really kind of is. They're telling these different. I, in the yeah, I, almost kind of like two frame stories. There's like real life and the present day, and then there's like, is it Rosalie or Rosaline? Rosaline. Mm-hmm. Rosaline. Rosaline. And then there's like Rosaline's dream, mm-hmm. but then w- which is within the you know. And the then Granny's life. telling her tales in that dream. And then there's stories being told within that. So there's like all these layers. Yeah, but... and then she's telling stories too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Jacqueline, was... I think, yeah, I think you nailed it. I think this is a total anthology, honestly. In, a, in, I mean, a, in it, its own unique way, yeah. Uh, again, it, it all ties together, you know, with the same themes, you know, which is nice because it's, it's a brow-thology. A brow-thology. That's the main theme is it ties in a, about a bunch of unibrows. It does. Yeah, because they're they're all related in theme, but the, the stories themselves are not directly linked, but they're all these like kind of frightening tales about, you know, why you should be careful of wolves and what they can do to you. Except for the last one, which is, you know, a harmless she-wolf who's kind of like unfairly um, 
you know, attacked. Yeah. For a minute there, I thought these were like origin stories of how the groom kind of came to be. So like I took it as in like the the young kid who took the potion. That's how he turned into a werewolf originally because he had a unibrow as well. So it was like, oh, is this how the curse started? He made well, it a deal with the devil. And then, could be. Yeah. but then they made the, then I thought maybe the woman was like the first one actually that crawled out of the well, right? You know, mm-hmm. they're like, well, she crawled out as a wolf. Yeah. She called out as a wolf and then got shot. And then the, I guess the priest. Yeah. She had a uh, patched her up. Yeah. The priest patched her up. And then she left and crawled back down to her world through the well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a second there, again, I was like, you know, kind of loaded, but um, I thought that the she wolf was going to turn out to be granny. So that's that. funny that you say that because I thought Granny was going to be the redheaded who remarried. Oh, I thought that was going to be Granny because originally I'm like, is she working herself? And it's like one of these tales, her tale of like, you know, that's why she ha- she knows don't trust a man with the. You, yeah, you know, it seems like one of them like could a love affair one as the grown. Yeah. But and that's, um... that scene is sick, though, when the when he when he comes back, you know, uh, the groom. When he goes missing for years and then comes back all of a sudden. Yeah. Transforms in front of that woman. That looked, I, I got to say that the the practical effects and the gore in this was actually pretty on point. I mean, it wasn't like the most spectacular things that we've no. ever seen. But that head in the, was it milk or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So like she throws hot water on him because he gets like all na- nasty all of a sudden and then. It like he just starts pulling skin off of his face first, and then next thing you know, it's like a skeletal like muscle structure of just like no, wolf, no, no, no. Looking... I'm actually I, I'm actually talking about when the groom comes back after years and years. Like she has three kids. No, yeah, yeah. that's um, it. That's when right, and yeah, then the husband comes in, cuts off. cuts the head off, and it goes flying into the milk. And when it lands in the milk, yeah, oh yeah, it lands oh, in the that's milk, right, that's right. Okay, him. yeah, that's right. And it turns into the, the original him that we saw years and years ago. Yes, right, clean cut yeah. version. She was like, yeah. Is that possible? And like, like she, she just has this look on her face. Like the the actress did a brilliant job. She was She's more like, surprised that it was the it was the old, younger version of the guy. Yeah, than she was of the fact that it was a fucking werewolf that pulled his skin off, <laughs> yeah. and the head went flying off, and then turned into a dude again. Like, never mind what dude it turned into. The <laughs> yeah, other stuff was, that. was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> she was just like, oh, it's the younger guy. Yeah, I feel I'm like that curious. story. Mm-hmm. Go go ahead, Jacqueline. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I, I felt like that story also kind of highlighted. It's like, the, of course, the dominant theme of this movie is like, you know, young girls beware of men. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like that story in particular was like highlighting the drudgery of womanhood, particularly yeah, even that. at that time. It's like that 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 redheaded bride. Was she redheaded or blonde? I don't know. But with the curly wild hair, she, uh, you know, earlier on when she was first with the first husband and they're like getting ready to consummate their marriage, she seems very vivacious and mm-hmm. like um, full of life and charming and bubbly and all she this. Likes, and she's then, like, you bring that unibrow over here. Big that's boy. exactly <laughs> what she was like. She's like, that was the first thing I knew about yeah. you. How you brow- your brows meet in the middle. <laughs> and then... But then when you fast forward a few years, she's got three kids. Her husband's out. She's like, you know, fed up with the kids. She's snapping at him. She's like, look like, they this suck. One's... <laughs> yeah, she's like, Ugh, this one's crying again. Ugh, you want to eat again? Didn't you just eat yesterday? You know, like she just has this like. <laughs> Didn't you just eat yesterday? Worn down, you know, yeah. demeanor about her. That's just like, <laughs> there's nothing for her in this life. It's just like, a, it's just like a slog. And then she has a moment of of like joy when you know she 
the the first husband comes back she's like oh you know i don't know about joy but like surprise and like Mm -hmm. wonder you know and then like he rages out and like fucking slaps her and i'm like she just can't win she's just having a terrible time (laughs) yeah well first thing he says i'm hungry yeah (laughs) yeah like excuse me like that's not very mannerly Uh uh-uh I do think this transformation was interesting. It was a different. Um, all the transformations in this are a little different. They're a little wonky, but they they hold up for the most part. There, I don't think. I think they're a little overshadowed, maybe by like say, um, you know, American Warrior or American Warrior, yeah, the Howling. Yeah. Howling. But they're still pretty. pretty or the Howling cool. Two. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the Howling Two. I mean, Howling Two. Howling Two's got a bunch of a uh, bunch of different transformations, actually. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing is that I agree. I I think transformations are very cool, but it just seems like they didn't have the budget to go all the way through with it. It just, it it, it was almost like they showed something and then they go, well, we don't have the money for that. So let's show something else. I mean, it's no werewolf women of the SS by Rob Zombie. I mean, (laughs) oh my God, that was good. That (laughs) that was good. I can respect that. Well done. I can respect that. But, but I, in all seriousness, I I just think that, that, yeah, the transformations just felt very cut back to me that, that it's like, maybe it was a budgetary thing that that they're a little stiff. They look kind of Jim Henson-y a little bit with the, they do. Yeah. Well, and there's well, like I, one kind of midway point through the transformation where like the eyes look very almost like stuffed animally. Like it, uh-huh. it's like heavy yeah. eyelids and the eyes are like weirdly round. And, it and looks there's like no a life Furby. in them. Yeah. yeah, it looks like a Furby. I'm like, this is right. not it. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I'm specifically thinking about the very last transformation of the, the Huntsman that it's just like it was so cool the way he was contorting his body. Oh, the, the one behind me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but the way the way he manipulated his body, you know, it was uh-huh. like it, he did and there a was very like, good job. Yeah, he did. I, I thought so too. And then there was hair that was on there. You know, there was a cutscene of like hair, and then all of a sudden it split. And the wolf and then, just like coming out thing. of his face is interesting. It's an interesting. So that's the thing that I noticed primarily is that like in some of the best werewolf transformations we've seen, like the Howling or American Werewolf in London, it's like the human figure like literally morphs mm-hmm. into yeah. the, the wolf figure. But in this one, it's almost like it's shedding the 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 yeah the wolf kind of bursts through the human skin yeah. almost like particularly in the last one with the huntsman like you expect to see like a bag of human skin on the floor like around him after you know he's transformed into the wolf like where did the skin part go because he just he comes out of it like nothing about the human part changes it's just maybe the skin of the man like like rolls up behind the the wolf and becomes the wolf's anus (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like it's like a balloon like it turns inside out almost so the wolf jumps out of the man the man rolls up and he's the end part now and then yeah I just try, I'm trying to figure it out. How it I think you broke Jacqueline. You broke Jacqueline. Yeah. You know, like when you roll a, a bag of potato chips down a little bit? It's a reverse yeah. part. It goes. Yeah. I don't know. Just trying I, to think logically how that would work. Like I, if you I don't were the know what to add to that. It's how, a transformer. From a, yeah, from a man into a wolf. But I do wonder, maybe maybe they went this route too because it's supposed to speak on like you said like the wolf and the man and men you know what i mean like the beast in us like kind of just coming out instead of us yeah. transforming into the beast the beast kind of i don't know or they just wanted to go a different route i don't or well, i also think it might well, be cheaper to just get dogs that look like wolves because a lot of these things didn't look like wolves they just look like dusty dogs but um they were yeah 
Yep. Oh, were they? But it was easier but for them like to be like, the- we'll just get a pack of dogs and move them around and say that they're werewolves. You know what I mean? Because we don't have the money to do all this budget, you know, yeah. this effect. So. So, but then when it turns back into a human, does the human part then rip back out of the wall? Like, is there a never-ending like mirror image? Yeah, of, like, man's anus, just, like just layers of mouth, layers man. and la- like it's like man, a Russian wolf, man, uh, one wolf, of those dolls. Man. Yeah, the Matryoshka. Mm-hmm. Well, it's um, like rolling up a tent. You know, you just put it in the bag <laughs> and then let it spurt out when you're ready to become a man. You know, it's just, oh, so yeah. he takes the man suit out of the bag and lets oh, it like uh, out of his anus and then like steps it. into it again. You think he brings it as, to as, like, hey, as, as you think as you can get this ready said, by Thursday? Can you get these blood stains out? Yeah. Can you remove all this hair? <laughs> no ticket. Wait, what do you mean? No ticket. Tickets. Ticket. Will you wax my eyebrows, please? Because this is getting out of control. That's not a dry cleaner's job, John. Got to go to a different place for that. Yeah. Oh, they don't do that there? The dry cleaners oh, can why... only do so much. You have to go next door to the salon. That's why they called the cops on me. Shit. <laughs> so there was <laughs> No, that's moment... because you asked for a Brazilian wax. Oh, nice. On your face. Oh, that's, yeah, I should have like, I I I walked in there stark naked. And got, hey, do your Spread worst. eagle. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. uh there so there was a moment in this film that i was wondering if there was going to be a swerve when granny was going to be the wolf the entire time you know what i mean like he could transform into people maybe and i was thinking like he was just pretending to be granny telling these stories to to like you know subdue little red riding hood until her defenses are down and then he's going to eat her you know what i mean and then she would start noticing like oh your ears look bigger that would have been really a, cool. I yeah. think that would have been a really cool. Instead, way to they have that it. showdown later, but yeah, Grand gets her head taken off, but she's porcelain. Yeah, yeah she is porcelain. I fucking love that moment. It is so bizarre, and I don't understand why it was that way, but I don't care. I, like I, I, he I knocks her like, block off. <laughs> yeah, and it's so first clean. Of all, I was like, oh my <laughs> god, her head. Yeah, her head just flies clean off, and then it shatters against the wall like porcelain. It's amazing. Yeah. It was yeah. so just dream twisted weirdness. You yeah. know what I loved is that that like every time you heard a, the the story of Little Red Riding Hood, I, I I love the scene of where Granny and Rosalind are laying in the bed, and she has that bonnet on. Uh huh. And that's how you picture Granny, like with that like big poofy oh, top yeah. with the frills in the front and the back, and yeah, it's like, like a nightcap. Yep, it is. Yeah, she doesn't want to mess up her hair. No. Yeah. She's got to get up early in the morning and and churn butter. Plus, it's like our, <laughs> our the gem that is Angela her. Lansbury. Damn, yeah, really Angela good. Lansbury. She's so good. She's an oh older looking God. gal in this. Yeah, she and, is. And then she just died like a year ago. So I know she mm. had a long life, man. I know she did this. Well, well, I feel like back in the day, like I mean, like if you think back on it, the way people are represented as they get older has yeah. really changed a lot. Like, yeah, right. I mean, you were like a granny by age fifty. Uh-huh. Like, if, at age fifty, you mm-hmm. were supposed to have the gray hair and the spectacles and the sensible shoes and all that. And now, yeah. like, J Lo is fifty four or something. Mm-hmm. And oh shit! <laughs> running around in a leotard. I don't know what's going on. So Damn, it's like, girl. you know, aging has changed a lot. That's true. So Angela Lansbury, she wasn't like eighty back then. I'm, no. I'm still a I'm guessing she was maybe like fifty eight or something. Yeah, she was doing murder. She wrote at this time, right? Yeah. Because this she was, was waiting to hear back about. Uh, oh shit! Uh, about shooting the pilot or whatever. Oh wow, this she is pre murder. She wrote. That's awesome. Yeah. Is it really mm-hmm. nice? We got Damn, a young... I thought it was like yeah. I I know it's it was on a long time, but 
an angel in Lansbury. What a gem. What a gem. Seriously, yeah, I was. agree with you. And she's it's definitely pressure. one of the highlights in this. I liked it. I thought the acting all around and mostly in this is all pretty good. But I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I thought everybody did their did their parts pretty well. And they do it's not like it's not over it's like it's not like um heavy handed, but it does kind of have like that that theater element to it a little mm-hmm. bit in their performances. Um mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of like monologuing back and forth, I feel like, between the characters. Uh, yeah. But I think old... that works because it's not yeah. like a realistic film. It's uh-huh. it's a fairy tale in a dream, you know. That so she's it's... making up in her in, in her head while she's sleeping. So I feel like yeah, I so agree. I feel like it, it should have a slight air of like staginess or exaggeration mm-hmm. to it. Which is why later in the film, I, I I felt more comfortable with that. I didn't feel as like like oh my god, this is fucking stupid. Um, I <laughs> do we have any trivia on uh, the the boy, the kid that was like the crush? For Rosalind, I don't he, have any on him. It, okay, it just seemed like he was eighty yard, like 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 to lower his voice or higher pitch his voice. Eighty uh, yard, no, it's like possible. It uh, but, but he seemed. I mean, he I looked like one of those. Go, please, sir, may I have another? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I felt the same way. I was like, yeah. oh boy, just please say that line. Um, no, but he he just seemed like like he was an older adult like maybe mm-hmm. 21 22 but they adr'd his voice as lower pitch or higher pitch that, that he sounded like almost like prepubescent or like going i don't know i think he looked a little younger than that personally but who knows now because I, 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 I didn't peg her for 12 so i don't know i thought he might be 16 ish 15 yeah. 16 right. i didn't think he was like 20 but um I, I i don't know i don't have any information on that he could have been dubbed for all i know yeah. um i don't know I do have uh there's a moment here where we get to uh we 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 cue back to Ros- Rosaline like several times in the real world just kind of sleeping um turning and whatever and then we cut back to the fantasy where the Rosaline that's in the fantasy has to endure waking up to her parents having sex in the same room as she's in yeah and it's super awkward and she like literally looks over to see like her dad like busting a nut it's like really bad <laughs> But I will say, mom looks pretty satisfied. So uh, you know, I got to. You know, that's okay. At least they seem happy there. But and then she <laughs> asked her mother. I do that. like this part because she asked her mother. Because you're right, Jacqueline. This movie is mainly about like the evil in men and stuff like that, especially alluring towards young women. And you said like losing their innocence and the wolves coming around to kind of steal that from you. Uh, but I do like what the mother does say when she's asked if the father was hurting her. And she says, um, if there is a beast in men, it meets its match in women, too. So mm-hmm. I did like that, you know, that there's there's a similar beast in women as well. just different. And also, like, man's beast is no match against women's in a sense, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, women it's... have a similar beast in them if they have to, you know, if they need it. So I kind of like point. that. Yeah, Good it point. takes away yeah. from that sense of helplessness that I think people sometimes want to like imbue in young girls like, oh, like you, you must be careful, <laughs> like have this kind of pearl clutchy like attitude. No, like teach the young girls that they're strong. They have mm-hmm. um, inner fierce fierceness as well. Mm-hmm. And like they can use it if needed. They don't need to be little shrinking violets. Um, yeah, and I like the know. mother character in this. You don't get a ton of her, but she's not like. She's not the usual uh, fairy tale mom you would see just like making yeah. her daughter clean and stuff like that. Right, they right, have a right. She's like a good mother. Yeah. I, I, I thought the mother and father actually played a really good yeah. part in this movie, you know, because of the fact that their daughter died, you know, even going back to this yeah, fantasy like world, mm. you know, being attacked. And it was just like, you know, they, they, they really are protecting their last daughter, which is what yeah. it was, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I, I thought they played a really good part in this. Yeah. What's that guy's name? David Warner? 
Yes. That guy's awesome. By the way, yeah, I love- I feel like I, I've seen him in a hundred things, but I don't know what. The Omen. Oh, that's it. Mm. He plays the photographer in The Omen. Nice call. Thank yeah, you. That's it. That's say, he was. Yeah, and he has a it. killer death in that. He sure does. Killer death. What happens in that? You can spoil it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I was like, really? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Hyderberg, I'm glad you said that. Because it's all it's like women can defend themselves if needed, but also women have an appetite for sex as well. Like mm-hmm. you don't, yeah. you don't oh, always yeah. have to fend off yeah. the advances of yeah. the men. You don't if you ha- if you want to, you can, or you exactly. can succumb to it. Hold on, they're married. They had two daughters. Why why not have another? Okay. Maybe. See, John, when a man and a woman love each other. <laughs> Explain it to her. Hey, I go I to mean, too many bars. I, I find that girl yeah. at the end of the bar. Just... Brenda. Brenda. Yep. Who's Brenda? Good old Brenda. I don't know. She's always at your bar. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it Brenda? I could have sworn you called her That's Brenda. That's not her name. Debbie? So Stella? Stella. Stacy? <laughs> so there. <laughs> Tiffany. Amber. Guys... <laughs> Cinnamon? Cinnamon? Bambi. I don't know. Cinnamon. Welcome to the Raven. stage, Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, the wrong bars, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to the right bars, John. Yeah. I think so. So Terrence Stamp is in this? I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And he's oh, he plays awesome. the devil. He plays mm-hmm. the devil in the Rolls yeah. Royce. And then the driver is played by this the actress who plays Ro- uh, uh, Rosaline. Rosaline, yeah. Um, is that right? She has a blonde wig on. Yeah, she's her. Oh, dad. okay. Right. Oh, you and didn't I notice? Like this little tale. No, I didn't know that. No. Of the kids rubbing this shit on his what chest. What is he purchasing like, exactly again? Some kind of potion. It's not clear yeah, what it is. It's, it's just some it's, potion. It's for his wiener, obviously. <laughs> he's like, hey, you got that wiener stuff? The, and he rubs it on the wrong area. Yeah. He well, maybe he's trying to grow chest. Hair. It rubs like, the yes. potion on his chest or else it gets the hair again. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do like have a that fun kind trivia. of thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I do have a fun trivia fact about this. So, um, Neil Jordan wanted to get Andy Warhol to play the role of the devil. And he reached out to him about it. And Andy Warhol was like, sure. But at that time, I guess Andy Warhol had just been shot. And so he was very like shaken up by it and did not want to travel. He just wanted to stay at his home in New York. He was like a little agoraphobic. And so he's like, I'll do it, but only if we can film my scenes in New York. Well, obviously they couldn't do that. They were all on like, you know, a soundstage in England. They couldn't, you know, they had a small budget. They couldn't like make that work. And so um, Warhol had to decline. And so as a second choice, Neil Jordan, as he was friends with Terrence Stamp. And so he asked Terrence Stamp to do it, which he did. Uh, and in return, asked for Neil Jordan to buy him a suit, which he did. Nice. What year was Superman 2? Oh. No Electric Boogaloo? <laughs> I already said that. We got the oh, Rob Zombie, Electric Boogaloo. Oh. There's some melange of things that we can say. Oh. Anyways. Um, no, I know Terrence Stamp played Zod. In, I think oh, the that's first right. He's one. so good in that. As, uh, yeah. But yeah, I, it, he was a perfect choice for this. He was good. Yeah. yeah. 1980 was Superman 2. Wow. Mm. So this came out in 84. So mm. he had already done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, no, he was good as a devil. And I like the what happens with the kid as the, the car goes off into the distance, it kind of goes towards the moonlight. And it's like, this is one of those scenes that I like that looks very fantasy, even though there's a car in it. Cause the car comes out of nowhere. I'm like, what the fuck? The kid looks like he's in a time period where he, he would not know what a car even looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it looks like wolves eyes at first. Right. But then it's the headlights to the rolls. And like when he puts this stuff on he starts transforming. And then I like how like the, the woods start taking him as well. Like he's taken by it's the a little wood. evil dead. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's why the, I, I feel like all these stories sort of talk on how the curse 
in the woods could have been established. You know what I mean? In a sense, mm-hmm. like here's one way it could have happened. Here's another way or I don't know. I, I'll tell you the one I one thing I enjoyed about that scene was actually the mirror scene that it was yeah, just like like screaming. that transition of the mirror scene. It was just like she looks over and kind of sees it and then done. <laughs> it was cool. I mean, it was just like this. What would you do if it was Michael from Don't Panic and his PJs? And he's like, ah, <laughs> I would panic. <laughs> I would. Let me ask you guys, what was your favorite of the stories that are told? I think there are four. Like the hmm. stories within the dream. I mean, like there's, I think, two that I, Granny tells and then one that. I like the wedding one. Vividly, I did too. I, that was I, my favorite. I, yeah, that's what I'm going with too. Um, because yeah, it, it's it's just like everybody turns into wolves. And there's this but beautiful it's very shot. Grotesque. The, the I, it is. It's very like, grotesque. Yeah, for me, it was like that shot of the woman turning into a wolf. But like the way that the mirror shifted, uh-huh. it was almost like, like, like a human face. But it was almost like a wolf face. But it was like the yeah, way it was like it, different angles, different perspectives. Oof. It was really cool. And, and you I see like, their feet. Yeah, you see their feet just kind of like turn into to, to paws, and it, yeah, it was like hop out of their shoes. Oh my god! And the yeah, one lady's I, just eating still, like she's not phased yeah. at all. So bizarre. I love it. Well, because it, like, she looked like an so animal dreamy. before they even were turned into animals. Like and she's like, like gnawing on this flesh. Yeah, they, they show like this decadent party, but the decadence is grotesque. It's like ugh, so indulgent, overindulgent. They're just like, ooh, yeah. Yes, I, that's down. completely spot no on. No regard for anything else around them. Yeah. Well, and so I love that like the woman gets her comeuppance. I mean, the the woman um gets her like um vindication mm-hmm. against this man who has wronged her. He gets his comeuppance, is what I meant to say. Um, and that she's also some kind of sorceress or whatever that she like bids the wolves to come serenade her. And I forget what the line is, but it's like, why does she do that? Oh, because just to be able to use that power is wonderful or something like that. Do you guys know what I'm talking like about? I feel like that explains why you hear it at night. You know, you hear the wolves yeah, howling. They're at night. That's what her. they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, she I, was I, wronged. I, I don't remember each and every line, but yes, I love that scene. And Jacqueline, I, I completely agree. I thought it was like very well done. John, I mean, you know because, what I got? What? Those transformations with the wolves that you liked. Uh, it reminded me, what's that movie with the, the oh, witches. The witches or whatever. Oh yeah, it me a little bit of that where like yeah. this grotesque transformation. All of a sudden, you're just like, whoa. That's so can, can I just say right now, I would love to do a themed month of like horror for kids, and that is my number one choice. Oh okay, that's cool. I have to think about what I would pick then. Hmm. So maybe I love maybe that we do that so next much. Halloween. So uh, we have an idea for next Halloween, but yeah. maybe Jacqueline. I, I I agree. I think we should because I already have some movies in mind. Really. <laughs> I do. There's a lot of good kids horror out there. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. That's not kids horror. I mean, that Dude, was you can actually you absolutely bring your kids. It's to a that gateway movie. movie. I mean, you I can, like. but it's not for kids specifically. You're talking like like I'm you're still gonna like get there's kids that are gonna get Corpse Bride or like Frankenweenie yeah. or you know. Edward Scissorhands. No? You're talking like cartoony animation shit. I just, no, horror, horror for either. kids. Horror for kids. Like the witches is for kids. No, it's not. Yes, it is. That's that, that's terrifying. It is. Yeah, but it's horror for kids. Yeah. Wait, that's okay. Fair. If you'd like to write in and let us know whether you think the I witches is horror this. for kids or oh, not. Oh, it totally is. Please email no, us I, at a cut of But there's still that moment. Where where okay, I was just making the argument that poltergeist could be as well. I think I'm saying, so. I think, depending on I the think age bracket. Some kids could handle poltergeist, but it's not targeted specifically to kids whereas the witches was targeted specifically for kids it's based on a kid's book okay they're here 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> that delivery was so perfect. It really got me. <laughs> Sorry. Well, anyway, but well, and the witches also has that like wise granny telling like telling the cautionary tales, like warning Luke, watch out for the witches. Here's what they do. Oh, very similar to this film. Yeah. Getting back That's on track. Did you guys like the gore in oh, this sorry. movie? The what? The gore. Yeah. 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 I did. I kind of liked it too. I, I did. I thought it was like like very I don't want to say subtle, but I mean it was just it wasn't in your face. Yeah. It was sparing. Yeah. Now what do you sparing think it is about the Unibrow that they it's like the meaning of evil in almost every story or power or something of that nature? Why do you think that that's the theme with it? Because I've never heard that being a thing with like werewolves or anything like that. I don't know where it comes Me from. either. Exactly. I don't know if that was just kind of a shorthand way to indicate like that, like a way to to indicate hairiness that wasn't like commonplace yeah, for every man. Like you can't be like, oh, if he has a beard, uh-huh. he's like every man has a beard. Yeah, yeah. If he has a mustache or if he has a goatee or if he has Mutton a hair, chops, like, whatever. Yeah. Like I, this is more unusual. And so mm-hmm. I think to use like hairy, like unnatural hairiness as like a shorthand or like a symbol yeah, for like makes sense. the beastliness inside. I mean this half joking and no, makes half sense. serious. But like like the movie Prom Night. Yeah. The guy that's evil has a unibrow. So I mean it's just like like you know, somebody twiddling their their mustache, you know, where mm. it's just like <laughs> Yeah, but that's his that's like his that's like the actor's unibrow. And this movie is like they just Every act, every I know, but has the anyway. it's the same thing, though. Is it just like you know something different that mm-hmm. that not everybody has? You mm-hmm. know, people have, and people have a unibrow, which is fine. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, again, you know, the they devil doesn't have that. one, though. You notice that, right? He's plucked the kid that he, you know, yeah, gets one. Yeah, you know? but I think the devil it- himself doesn't have it. So Heidelberg, I think you were onto something before when you were like, this is like an origin story, specifically that one. Like, I think maybe that was like an origin story, maybe not of all mm-hmm. the werewolves, like, but maybe there's different branches or something. And like, that's how this werewolf started and started yeah, their yeah. bloodline or mm-hmm. whatever. And so mm-hmm. like, maybe there's like various origin stories going on here. I thought of but, a good song. Uh, the devil had a uni brow and he plucked it all the time. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and then Johnny went down to hell because the unibrow. <laughs> oh, you're playing it on your brow. Nice. That's well, so like the strings on a violin <laughs> or a fiddle bow are made of horse hair. What's to say yeah. you couldn't use wow. unibrow hair? Yeah, I'm sure you could. Like on the background. Fiddle. That is some dope hair right there. You put that on a, a fiddle, it'd be fine. Yeah. Fuck it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad you guys like the wedding too. I'm I'm glad yeah. you guys like that wedding um story too, because that one was just like particularly it, it felt, like it felt so out of place, but it was actually very entertaining. I mean, it just felt like it was but also more out of really... place than any of the other ones. No, and, and you're right, but again, you you also brought up the fact, Jacqueline, that this is an anthology, so it's just everything ties in together with the wolves, you know of. Good versus evil, blah blah blah. But yeah, I mean that that was a really fun scene, and the fact that it was bright, it was it, it was you know the middle of the day, sunshine, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. the fact that this happened then, you know, Did you see great. how the guards didn't get turned and they all like had a drink after after. Yeah, all, exactly. Yeah, that was over. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, all the servants and guards yeah. and stuff like so that. So here's yeah. how I took it. I was like, oh, maybe this was like the first time, and this is what happened, and this is why there's wolves in the woods at to begin with right like werewolves in the woods and then like some of the maybe the other stories piece around that i don't know 
that's kind of like I was wondering if they were building something bigger, like a bigger story or like how, you know, the mm. werewolves would even get into her world or, you know, because like, there are some weird things in this film, uh, to be honest. Like there's a lot of moving parts, I think, um, mm-hmm. where I get lost in the sauce a little bit with some of it. But most of it's, you know, really pretty well done. I mm-hmm. do like most of, most of it for for sure. The stories are entertaining, and uh, one again for me, I was I, I was very taken out of the movie once they started the dream sequence of it. Or it felt like a set, but then I got charmed by it. That that it just it, it okay. This is a dreamlike sequence, you know, a fever dream, whatever you want to call yeah. it. But it, it it felt like it flowed. We never um, spent much time with the other. Uh, timeline you know what i mean with the her Mm -hmm. and the real time so to be honest it felt more at home when we're in the dream stuff because we never really spent much time at all uh which is the problem which is the biggest problem with the end of the movie you know and again we don't have to jump into it right now but that's the biggest problem with it that it's just like okay so you made your dreams come to life you know and the fact that the house looked uh, uh, very worn in you know there's leaves all over the place and these these wolves are coming into this house that nobody's around so it's like it doesn't make sense to me i just saw that as for whatever reason a kind of like a barrier between like the dream and the reality are starting to thin and like there's there's starting to be some bleed over yeah. and um, they said that i read that there's dream. some semblance uh like when the one comes through the the glass and knocks over her toys it's like her childhood coming to an end you know but it also but it also yeah. like ruins some of the continuity of the movie because isn't she like on the third level because oh, the sister it. at the beginning well they like, come goes right up through the painting stairs. like the kool-aid man there's that one and they're like oh yeah i, I, oh, yeah. I like, get that but no 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 okay and that's fine you know is that they're coming through the house but like a dog or a wolf like jumps in through the window on the third yeah. floor so it was like maybe yeah. it was in a tree dogs can jump pretty well yeah i don't know no i i yeah. I, I not that graciously or <laughs> graciously. <laughs> some german shepherds i mean i don't know about <laughs> wild wolves you know like these pack of wolves but uh there was an interesting idea hydroberg though about the loss of like the her childhood coming to an end because the 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 constant warnings are about like losing your innocence oh my god is that a wolf in your house hydroberg (laughs) it's my dog he's being a scutch maybe because he knows talking about wolves yeah there he is so cute i want to um yeah he's being careful does he have a uni bro he does have a uni bro i mean (laughs) hard to tell right dogs they just have all fur right there. So what, he doesn't know who you oh, are because you got your youth bro on. He, yeah, he's not. He's not really into it. When I had that wig on that time, he really didn't like that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he was City trying free. to pull it off. So there's so a moment. Good. There's a moment here where um, Rosaline is touching a rubber spider. There's that moment where she's well, she's supposed to be touching a real spider, but it looks like a rubber one. You know, what it reminded me of like those creepy crawlers you could bake. Like they had like those ovens. They were like supposed to be like for boys. You know, I'm like, oh, here's an oven for boys. You, but you can make bugs instead of like cookies. You Stupid know, fucking yeah. Uh, but it was like an easy bake oven for like you could make bugs dummies. instead of cookies. Yeah, that's what it was. That's basically what it was. It was like here, here's how do we how do we sell more ovens to boys? I tell you what, we'll make they can make bugs. Boys love bugs. Yeah, fuck that. We'll make they'll make bugs. Easy bake oven. <laughs> That they were so trying funny. to be progressive back then. Yeah. Ladies, For you boys. can make brownies. Boys can make bugs. Yeah. <laughs> Gummy bugs. Okay, Gummy but bugs. it's not just one spider, though, Hydra Bird. There's like a oh, the bunch of them just like fucking fall out of the ceiling. Like, oh. And she has like no reaction. She's into this. them. There's She's like, like, oh, here you go. She's there's like tarantulas on her Bible. Like, I know, there's like, like six of them. And she's just like, eh. Just hatched, too. 
Oh my god. Yeah, they were little tarantulas too. They would bite. Yeah. There's that priest sermon too, and I don't know the way he said it. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the ass, and the wean child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. And I was just the way he says it. Like I know it's a real part of the Bible, but okay. So the way he said it was so creepy. The way you just said it came. Well, that's kind of how he said it. I was like, damn, bro. It's a lot of it's a lot of Wang jokes. So. Talking about the wee wee. That's kind of how it sounded. Like the Bible is full of Wang jokes, don't you? And know? W- when he's saying it, like his inflection, I was like, "Damn, uh, that's how I took it." At least I'm always thinking about Wangs. So who knows? <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> Everybody Wang Chung tonight, okay? Well, that's yeah, about nice. the same year this came out, too, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good pull. Yeah. Everybody Wang Chung tonight with your bro. So, Everybody what was everybody's Wang. least favorite story? Did I already ask that, or did I just ask? No, it in my you head? asked the favorite one. Okay. No, I, what was everybody's I, I, least favorite? I I would say the devil one for me, the least favorite. Yeah. Um, I liked I liked the look of the devil. I it just seemed weird because I mean yeah, it was just like he took so that it. formula and just rubbed it on his chest. He's like, ah! you know, and that yeah. was, was he like? Ah! <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't enjoy that one as much too. Like I, I aesthetically, it was cool. There was some cool stuff mm-hmm. going on, sure, in it, but it sure. felt like tacked on anyway. And like the car thing kind of threw me too. I was just sort and of the, like, that was a big thing for me, Heidelberg. That it was just like it was a car, and it's like we're supposed to be in fuck. I don't know, eighteen hundreds or seventeen hundreds. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Then you see this, you know, Model T Ford coming through, and it's just like it was a Rolls Royce, I think. Well, whatever it is, I mean, it's yeah. like, what the fuck are we like? What time frame are we? Here, you yeah. know, are they tying together? Is I was it cool with like times? magical stuff happening, sort of. But then when the car showed up, it was a little weird to me. Like when the well, father I, brings home the hand because he killed, you know, chopped off the paw of the wolf, and then yeah, and it's like a human hand. Like I'm cool. That stuff is cool. I, I like that, stuff like that. That didn't take me out at all. But the Rolls Royce, I was sort of like, what? Wasn't yeah, there Rolls in last week's movie too? Doesn't is Michael like jump at a rolls was? and like drive away? Oh yeah, that oh, uh, that's the, right, that old road that, that, that he took. Was that, that a might have been, Yeah, that would be a, a pretty weird old coincidence. Car. That would be a yeah. weird coincidence oh, if shit. we had unibrows and rolls. Oh my god! What oh, if next... Stephen and Stephen from Spoils of Horror? So far, there are no tidy whities and unibrows as well in this movie. There are naked <laughs> men in unibrows though. So that's true. I don't know, but yeah, he so, yeah, rolls. Um, yeah, I I hear what you guys are saying about the the car one with the devil. Um. Heidelberg, I agree with you. I really like the the weird imagery of that. Like uh, the car was very anachronistic, and I liked that because it was just like what I I, I just the liked... devil, so you can do that. Yeah, sure. everything that was like bizarre in this movie, I really liked. So like just the fact that this car shows up, I was like okay. Um, but yeah, there's there wasn't much to the story that wasn't mm-hmm. so interesting to me. But my least favorite, though, beyond that, like even less than that one, I didn't really like the last one with the she wolf. Because it didn't yeah. seem to fit with the whole theme of the movie. It was just like very different in tone. And she didn't really do anything. She just like yeah. sort of came up to the Did you world. you see how when she cried, and... how much like water was coming that out of that terrible. face? That Dude, terrible. it was streaming out. It was like yeah. all over the place. I mean, we've all <laughs> cried in our and life. And I just focused but do on you, it. Do you cry out of three parts of your it eyes? It was like she had it... six tear ducts in each eye. It exactly. Like, yeah. It, it was like a sprinkler system. It was like... We, we've all gotten emotional in our life, you know. But I got a <laughs> hunger cried. that's emotional. Like... <laughs> yeah, she had a hunger that's emotional. That's right. It, it was like it was like Niagara <laughs> falls out of her eyes. You know, it was. Just, 
It was coming all part of her <laughs> eyes. No, we, you get a tear down here. You get a tear down on oh, both yeah. eyes. You know, you can, she you can be so emotional. I was waiting for the next scene where they cut to the priest and he's like, what can I do for you? And they turn around and she's in like fucking four feet of water by now. <laughs> she's like, father, father, can you help me, father? <laughs> I've never father. learned to swim. Grab me. <laughs> oh, father, please help me, father. That was like a very Austin Powers type of image you just described. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that one just didn't work for me. I didn't really see the point to it. It wasn't all that visually interesting. I was just, it was just kind of like a, you know, at the end there for me. Was it, was it more for just getting the nudity in there? I mean, I, 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 I it wasn't even titillating nudity. I don't, it was no, not at all. But I mean, just to fit in that R rating, you know, I mean, because at, at, the gore was fine. But it didn't seem like there was a lot of like gratuitous stuff in her until that. No, scene. it wasn't gratuitous. But yeah. I don't. I don't know. I think the guy ripping his face off would be enough to get it a R rating. Yeah, but they yeah, also like a tear a face off in Poltergeist. That also did not look like the actor more. at all. But the rate, ratings were different then. What? That didn't look like the actor at all. That was like he was just playing either. It's like the face I got ripped off. It looked like a totally different person. Yeah. It's still gnarly though. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? I'm wrong about the ratings because I think Poltergeist and this movie were maybe only like two years apart. So I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah, Poltergeist came out in '82. Yeah, this this only this, this was '84. So I mean, again, yeah. a face ripping scene. We've seen right. more hmm. more gory in Poltergeist, which was PG. When I guess the after PG-13 that movie, ratings start. Was that in the early '90s? I want to say it was like the late '80s. Yeah, I don't think so because I feel like. Home Alone was 1990, and that had like a lot of bad words in it. But it was still I thought PG. it was created after Jaws or something like that. Really, the PG 13? No. Or uh, damn. Or Pol- uh, Poltergeist or something like that. I don't know. I'm I'm googling right now. So um, I was just thinking too, because these are like different stories based around similar, like the similar theme. Um, that maybe the last one, you know, is like it speaks on like. A woman, you know, obviously like giving into her desires and giving into the dangerous man, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why she goes, you know, talks to him and goes off the path, the beaten path with him, says that she'd give him a kiss if he beats her there to the grandmother's house. You know what I mean? Like, so that's more of like the one story cautionary tale of like, you know, what could happen if she gives in. But then, like you said, at the end, she kind of it's like played off like, oh, well, she's better off being a wolf with this creepy guy you know yeah like it's not a tragic ending yeah, for her at all you know, yeah. she so doesn't like, get eaten it doesn't she, really do she anything turns into one of them and i actually i really like that that's that's one of my maybe favorite maybe it, it parts just fits movie, for her actually. you know that's that's the life she wants that's what she wants to you know, well, and i like that wolf. she doesn't become vicious and like no. when the rest of the village comes to like try to like save her the mother stops the men from shooting she sees yeah. the necklace rosalie yeah she knows it's her daughter she's like no and so she protects her daughter. Yeah. And because she knows that the daughter won't harm them and she doesn't. She nope. just like runs she off. She goes them. off with the wolves. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I actually love that. Um, it turns out you got you're not gonna believe this. PG thirteen was introduced July first, nineteen eighty four. Nice. So oh, they wow. have this movie. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe it did change. Interesting. This one got an R rating, right? I, I wasn't paying attention. I believe so. What? No, I'm not so sure, but I believe so. I don't know. I mean, there's a unibrow, there's some boobs. I, but again, they, like, like I, I remember the movie uh, European Vacation. It's R. Uh, oh, is it R? Okay. R. Yeah, European Vacation got the PG-13. Did um, it? It did, because it did have like multiple breasts in it um, mm-hmm. because they were in Europe. But um, I do remember that. Um, and 
Maybe not the violence. Maybe that's why I got the R rating for this one. It didn't seem to me like an R rated movie. Like to me, it seemed like a very yeah yeah. I could like, see this getting away with a PG thirteen. I, I, I do too. I mean, and again, the gore you could see that in Poltergeist, which is two years before this movie. But um, PG, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with animal violence or something. I don't know. I still think it's creepy that the girl is only twelve years old. I mean, like yeah. that 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 Damn it, John. Those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it bothers no, I know. me. It's, it's, I mean, it, it, it really does. It's, it's just bummer. like I know. Yeah, yeah. It, that's why I'm like, damn, I forgot. You see the you see these scenes. Yeah. Well, you see these scenes between these actors, and I know that the, the male actors scenes, like, like 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 he's being very. I'm sure in the scene being very caring. I wonder how he did. He ever speak on this scene as an actor? Like, do I don't mean? know. I don't. I never know. even wanted to look. I mean, it kind of disgusts me. But I mean, again, it's like like he he was very caring for her as an actor just just like not you know being his character however not crossing that line yeah but it just it like yeah. the scene itself really crossed the line for me well it insinuates a lot doesn't it it, it um, really but does. there's nothing explicit like there was originally no. there was a kiss in the screenplay but when they cast the, um this actress because yeah, she was so that. young they remove that. They tone down some other things. So they, so they did were comfortable try to with him adjust. Kissing a sixteen-year-old, just not a twelve-year-old. Well, I think they had originally intended to have like an They're adult, yeah, you know, actor play gotcha. a sixteen-year-old, but they were just sure. so impressed by this particular actress. And I, I agree, she's totally impressive. But yeah, they there's never like an explicit line crossed, but there are some like implicit things. Like to me, that scene is just like crackling with tension both in terms of like fear like she's afraid of him but i also think she wants him and mm-hmm. he definitely wants her yeah you know and, and that's so it's the- like this weird mixture which if it were an adult i think would be sort of like tantalizing but because she's 12 it's uncomfortable and yeah and that was the thing though jacqueline is that 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 forest scene where he's just kind of being forceful upon her and they make that bet you know and he's on top of her i just and like I, a kiss and and knowing yeah, like demanding sexual favors as payment yeah no thank yeah. you you know, and, and again, I, I know the actor showed restraint with the other actor and, and, you know, him kind of backing off, but it just felt so gross to me. I was like, oh, well, and if you think about it, it's kind of gross that that girl's parents like signed off on this. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. Like if Samara were 12 and she were an actress and that was in the script, I'd be like, no, ma'am. <laughs> that's not Good what parenting. you're going to do. Good parenting 101. That's a that seems like a low bar to clear, but there you go. That that would be my decision. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you're not gonna do uh softcore porn. No. Yeah, no, you're not gonna have like a scene full of sexual chemistry with this like old old man. This 37-year-old man that's laying on top of you. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. No. I wonder how old no, he was at the time. I mean, I, I know he was an adult, but I, I just wonder how old he was. There was Hard a moment between him hair. and Granny when when his tongue comes out and whips around. There was a moment where Granny looked at him like, whoa. <laughs> I noticed where she wasn't really appalled at first. She was sort of <laughs> like, oh, I could like show me what that tongue do, boy. You know. Yeah. 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 So you got a nine inch, you got a nine inch, yeah, tongue, nine inch and, tongue and can breathe through your ears. I notice. I can't Let's help go. but notice that you're combing your your unibrow with your tongue <laughs> right now. <laughs> don't want How's no short tongue man <laughs> don't, don't want a short tongue man oh my god well this is my last episode of the cut above weenie, so. weenie, hair between <laughs> <laughs> mm. oh my lord <clears throat> oh my gosh 
All right. Well, uh, I don't know. Is there anything else major that we need to talk about before we give our ratings? Uh, what do you make of like the poor? Oh, go ahead, John. Really bad guys. Okay, go ahead, P. We'll, we'll pause it again. All right. No I'll be right back. I just uh, we could touch real quick. Like, I don't know the the porcelain thing always got me because it's like the dolls were interesting to me. There was mm-hmm. no trinket in her room that I can think of that they were supposed to be other than maybe that one of his one of her dolls or something. And then grandma's head is porcelain too. So I was like, it's just so weird. Maybe it's just dream logic. I don't bullshit. know, but I, I like it. I don't know what yeah. it means, but I like it. Yeah. I'm just I looking feel like there's more to this film. Like obviously it, it draws on the little red riding hood lore, especially in the very end, which I do like with the wolf and mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. That baby that comes out of the egg. I'm like, what the? yeah. And then she takes it with her and it cries. Yeah. Like, oh, she shows her mother. Yeah. And then you see a tear come out. Of yeah. We're back. back. Marine delay. What? There we go. I said we got a rain delay. That's what mm-hmm. one of my rain bosses delay. at work calls it. That when he's That's funny. Go I like that. Yeah. Cold I didn't know what you meant for a while there. He would be like working, doing something. He'd be like, "We got a rain delay," and then he'd go off for a minute, and I'd be like, "Oh, interesting." <laughs> Plus, I had to take my roommate's dog out to pee too. So that's what. No, you guys did it together. We did. <laughs> I, I just moment. peed outside, <laughs> and all of a sudden, your unibrow grew in, and you were like, "Oh." <laughs> that's what happened when the call of nature yeah it's dangerous there. Pill, pill, that is what the groom says too he, there's like a he had the call of nature yeah. i just have to go outside naked for a minute i'll be right back i just have to I'm go and get cigarettes naked, naked. <laughs> he had to go out and be drop right a back. deuce he had to drop a deuce and then she locked him yeah <laughs> all right are we back yet or what yeah fuck it we're back all right okay. we're back all right all right anybody want to talk about anything else before we get to our individual ratings I think I'm good. I think oh. I covered what I needed to. Uh, there was one thing I did like. Uh, we at the very end, uh, we hear her narration. Uh, little girls, it's it seems to say, never stop upon your way. Never trust a stranger friend. Uh, no one knows how it will end. As you're pretty, so be wise. Wolves may lurk in every guise. Now, as then, tis simple truth. Sweetest tongue has sharpest tooth. I just liked the uh, that little poem at the end there. And it kind of says exactly what the themes of this film, what you know, were, yeah. were all about, right there. So basically, girls be scared all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you definitely. It's a cautionary tale. I mean, be wise yeah. as as well as pretty. You know, be all those things. Be on the lookout, mm-hmm. but also, uh, you know, you have a beast in you as well. Mm-hmm. And be wary of that. Uh, be wary of the devil, and you know, I don't know, and wolves. And be wary of the unibrow. Yeah, the unibrow. <laughs> yeah. Don't trust the unibrow. Yeah, that was I think that was a fitting ending. It was nice. It kind of like emphasized that fairy tale quality to the story. Um yeah. It just like was colliding. Yeah, that very the the very ending, uh very end really kind of confused me. I, I get what they were trying to do, but it just it, it didn't go well with me, you know. Do you mean her the sleeping rest- in bed and the wolf jumping through the window? That was yeah. the kick. That was it the kick from like inception. Like it was like mm. all no. the worlds were colliding. No, yeah. yeah, it didn't. Uh, it doesn't like. Yeah, the ending doesn't exactly like kill it for me. But mm-hmm. overall, it's not bad. Yeah, it's okay. I think that I do think that voiceover helps. At the yeah, kind of like really ties like it up. It. Yeah. All right. Well, Hyderberg, it's your week. So let's hear your review first, shall we? Uh yeah. Um, I think this film has like great atmosphere. We touched on it. I do like the set dressings and just the story, the fantasy elements. I really love that about this film. It's a different take. Uh, there's not a ton of like 
fantasy horror sometimes like there, there tends to be some horror in fantasy stuff like easily because you can easily just do that in fantasy um but there's not like a ton of it to be honest and i think this is a, a decent one i've never seen this too so uh there's a good bit of acting we talked to all the scenes everybody you know every actor basically brought it in most of their scenes that we saw um the parents were really good like all the smaller parts like i guess there were no small parts you know they were all really good Mm-hmm. um the score was pretty good too um there were moments where i definitely thought it like worked really well for the scene um it wasn't like you know danny elfman or anything like that but it was you know it's pretty good um i thought this also is a really interesting take on the werewolf genre and like mixing it the crossover that it has with little red riding hood i thought was interesting um also like when the when the kid that she goes out on a date with when he comes running back could he be the boy who cried wolf? He comes back. He's like, wolf, wolf, wolf. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're tying that in there too. Like a nod to that. I like that. There's that little nod there though, to these like um, tales that we've heard as kids. The crossover I thought is pretty well worked in. It's not like jammed in there. You know, mm-hmm. it, I think it, I think it's, you know, it's obvious, but it's not overstated either. Um, I, th- I like the moral too of, you know, um, like mankind having this beast in us um it's relative no matter what setting i feel like and you know what i mean the fact that it speaks on the male beast in particular is you know it works perfectly to go along with that you know little red riding hood tale because that's what that's Mm -hmm. about so um i think that's an interesting take that they they tried that with werewolves definitely and like I said, the warning of the charming stranger with brows that meet. I think that's great. And it adds to the lore of the unibrow. Like we have a lot more to know about the unibrow. You know what I mean? Um, some cons, though, convoluted narrative. There's definitely some moments where I was just like lost a little bit. Uh, and it's a little slow at some points. There's a couple pacing issues here and there where the stories get mixed over. Um, there's no real structure to the werewolves. Like we don't know what they are like really about, like who leads the pack. I, it, it's just always a story about them, basically. Um, and I kind of wish we got a little bit more of that, but maybe that's just, you know, because I'm used to other werewolf movies. Because it just ties into Red Riding Hood, and that's really the the only way that they work it in there for the most part. Um, I don't know. The overall structure of the plot, too, feels a little sloppy once in a while. Um, I don't know. There's like a little bit of like a lack of cohesion to tie in all these storylines and moments of the film where... I feel like that's why I get a little lost. You know what I mean? They it goes off track a little bit here and there, and maybe one one of them could have been cut or something like that. Like we talked about the woman and the well, that might have helped helped with that. Uh, but with that said, I don't know. I, I I enjoyed this film. I thought it was um pretty fun. I I would definitely watch it again. I'm not gonna watch it immediately, but I would definitely check it out again, uh, especially after having reviewed it. With that said, I think I'm going to give Company of Wolves, I'm going to give it six out of ten transformative unibrows. <laughs> six exactly out of ten. Muted. Yeah. All right, I'm writing this down. My autocorrect wants to change unibrow to uniform, but mm. here we are. All right, six out of ten. All Jacqueline, right. I, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to throw it to you. What do you oh, think okay. of the Company of Wolves? All right, one second. I'm just typing here. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, so like I said, there's just a lot about this movie that really fits with my particular tastes. Now, does that mean it's a great movie? Not necessarily. It just means that it works for me. But I do, um, kind of echoing something you were saying, Hydraberg, earlier, I really like that emphasis on like the presence of the wolf in the, in the Little Red Riding Hood story. And it's kind of like a reminder of how 
common the wolf is as like mm-hmm. a monster in fairy tales and like so many fairy tales if you read the original Three little pigs yeah like yes but the big bad wolf um i feel like in so many stories there's like a dark forest somewhere and there's a mm-hmm. wolf and like the wolf is kind of like the ultimate symbol a never-ending story never ending story that wolf sword in the stone mm-hmm. i mean just like i i don't even know i can't even think of all of them but there's just so many tales that have a wolf and that's like the most dangerous thing and it's like the symbol of everything that's wild you know and like untamable you know you can't you can't domesticate it so i i love that about the story i think it really draws on that darkness and that prevalence and it really works for that melange if you will between the Mm. fantasy and the fairy tale and the horror like it all just kind of blends together into a nice little melange there um i think like right off the bat i i like that when you're in the the really outer frame story like the present day story with the parents coming home and the daughter runs out of the the older daughter so again i hadn't seen this for a long time and i'd forgotten most of the details i basically just remembered granny tells a young girl stories about wolves um and i specifically remembered the wedding scene for some reason i don't know why but other than that very i I just knew okay there's werewolves and there's like something it's like a takeoff on little red riding hood that's all i remembered um i hadn't remembered that it's the younger sister who's the protagonist of the story Mm. and in the beginning you see the older daughter run out of the house and I thought she was going to be the protagonist watching it this time around. I was like, okay, this girl, she kind of looks like um, Olivia Hussey in Black Christmas. So she's mm-hmm. pretty. Okay, she's going to be the the girl, the, the girl, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of disorienting when she, you know, it, it then focuses on Rosaline having the dream and then the older daughter gets killed. And But when I say disorienting, I actually mean that in a good way because it kind of almost tips you over the edge into that dream thing where you're like, wow, I don't know where I, I don't know which end is up now. Like I was kind of focusing on this character thinking it was going to be one thing and now we're somewhere else. Um, so it, I, I, I liked it. I liked that it bewildered me a little bit at there at the beginning. And so I think it's like anytime a film can sort of disorient you and make you feel like anything can happen. That's a good thing. You know, where like you don't, you're not necessarily going to predict things correctly. Yeah. I love that about film. Like when you can really just get in there and you're like, I don't even know what's going to happen next, but I'm, yeah. 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 Well, like going back to like Psycho, like you're so focused on Janet Lee and mm. spo- spoilers for Psycho no, incoming. I think we spoiled uh, it already on our show. <laughs> you're focused on Janet Lee, right? And you watch her for half of the movie and she's your mm. protagonist and then she dies and you're like, oh fuck, where are we going with from here? Like, yeah, what's going to happen? They just killed my protagonist. So, and, and not to cut. Cut you off, Jacqueline. Did it feel like almost like a uh, Alice in Wonderland type mm-hmm. feel? The mm-hmm. sister's name is Alice. I did not know that until I was I, doing right? trivia yeah, and so looking at. I didn't know IMDb. anybody had a name in this movie except, except Rosaline. Rosaline and Granny. Yeah. 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 So yeah, um, but so I, I like that. Father, old priest, yeah, yeah. young bride, did... young groom. So I, I did like that disorientation. I thought it was like effective. Um, yeah, I. I think one of the, I said this before, but I think one of the best parts is how they end, you know, not the exact end, but they near the end, it's finishing up with what you are waiting for kind of the whole time is like, you know, it's somehow going to turn into a little Red Riding Hood story once you see Granny knitting that red cape, Uh, but you don't know how it's going to come into play. And so I think that's a strong finish for that kind of dream sequence. 
And it kind of turns it a little bit like, you know, in the story, the hunter rescues her from the wolf. But here the huntsman is the wolf. Mm-hmm. And um, so it turns it on its head a little bit. And she doesn't and- really get rescued here. Like they come to rescue her, but she has quite happily like crossed yeah. over to the other side, you know. When she comments about his arms, it's like sexual. It's like, oh, what big arms you have. Yeah, like, (laughs) oh, he's there is an awkward moment there. He says, The better to hug you with, and it's like, That sounds too cutesy. It's like the huggy zombie. I don't know. (laughs) I thought Uh, it would be better to say, The better to the better to hold you with. It sounded, I don't know, for some reason, I thought that would have sounded. I would think he said grab, but I I don't know. But, um, he said hug, he said, Yeah, it's it's gross, but, um, also, I have to say, he does say like the rapiest line ever when the, um, they they show up to rescue her and they're like, um, what have you done? Like, what have you done to, to my granddaughter? Or like, not when they show up. It's when when he sees Granny or whatever. And she's like, what have you done to my granddaughter? And he goes, nothing she didn't want. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. ugh. Yeah. Don't like that. Don't yeah, like that one that's bit. Problematic. That's like the that's that's like serial rapist um, yeah. logic. Don't like it. Yeah, there's a decent amount of that in some old films, unfortunately. Stuff like yeah. That. Yeah. So, but moving beyond that, like narratively, I agree with you, Hydraberg. I think it can get a little messy um, at times. To an extent, I think that works because it is supposed to be dream logic and mm-hmm. dream imagery. Um, and I don't know. I almost feel like I need to watch it again, not on cold medicine, because some of that, some of my confusion, I think, could be attributed to my medicated state. And so I don't know if, if I would feel the same way watching it a second time, but it did feel a little confusing um, a few nights ago while I was sick. Have you ever watched this movie on <clears throat> weed? <Man. laughs> well done. Well done. Um, so I don't know. It does feel a little messy, but I just I don't know how real that is versus just my my um, altered per- perspective or per- perception, I guess. Um, I do feel objectively that it does drag a little. I agree with you on that, too, mm-hmm. Hydraberg. I think the stories that are being told are uneven. I think some of yeah. them are clearly better than others. I think the the new bride and he goes out to pee and he comes back and he comes back later. I think that's a good story. I think mm-hmm. the wedding is, I think those two are super strong. I think the Rolls Royce is less strong and the she-wolf in the well is yeah, just there's like nothing out there. of place. Get rid it of that one. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, in fairy tales, there tends to be this kind of rule of three. Like, it's like things happen three times. You know, there's mm-hmm. three little pigs, there's Goldilocks and the three bears. I feel like that's oh, just yeah, kind yeah. of a, a common number. And like, you expect it, like when you're telling jokes. Like a thing happens once, and a thing happens twice, it reinforces a pattern. And then the third time something unexpected happens that breaks the pattern. I don't know. There's just threes everywhere. Um, Maybe it would have worked better if this was just three stories being told. And I also kind of wish that it were Granny telling all of the stories. I don't know why they switch it around for Rosaline to tell a story. And it just, it's like, why is this happening? I feel like they should all be cautionary tales from Granny. Like... This guy's going to turn into a wolf. And she even she does even say, I think, after the first story, you know, kind of hitting that dominant theme again. She's like, oh, yes, they're all kind and loving and wonderful, um, you know, when when you're still in bloom or whatever. But once they've had their way with you, then they turn into a beast. Then, you know, it's all it's all over. Um, And so, you know, I wanted to feel that cautionary tone coming from Granny constantly. It doesn't really make sense for me for Rosaline to be telling the story to her mother. 
Although it does provide that nice moment, you know, where the mother says, well, there's a beast inside of women too. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but maybe we needed to lose that line for this to like work better narratively. Um, So yeah, I don't know. But overall, my biggest complaints are that one of the stories I think is just not good at all. And one of them is just so-so like the, the Rolls Royce one I think is cool. I like the idea that it's like the devil yeah, um, coming to like kick this whole thing off. And he has this like mischievous plan. Um, but the, the way the story arcs, it just doesn't really go anywhere. Like the fact like, okay, so he gets hair and then the, the vines come up to wrap around him. I don't really know like what the yeah. point of that is. And it doesn't feel, it feels more like a, it feels like a vignette and not a story so oh. i'm just like what is that doing there um so that that's that's a big complaint of mine and also uh just after watching it and doing trivia i'm really bothered by the the like sexual aspect of her, of the actress's age so you know i mean you know she's not having sex or anything but it's so it's not like you know it's not like a solo issue but it's it's a little uncomfortable i have to admit so eh. So I'm actually going to rate this a little bit lower than I had been intending. I was planning to give it an eight and instead I'm going to give it a seven. What's the unit again? Uh, transformative uh, unibrows. Yep. Seven out of 10 transformative unibrows. Or uh, robotussins, if you will. <laughs> that was that was my <laughs> unit. of <measurement. laughs> How many capfuls of um, behind the counter? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, transformative. I'm gonna stick with transformative new brows. What about you, right. John? Yep. Uh, again, like Jacqueline, I shouldn't have taken shrooms before I saw this movie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't do that. Um, I, I will say aesthetically, on the good side, I liked it. Um, I didn't like it at first. Um, I did love the the British countryside of as the Volvo was driving in of the modern times, but I really got. You know, I thought it was very charming that it it was set on, you know, obviously a studio set, but it did feel like almost like a stage play. Um, that was very charming to me. The acting, I had zero problems with. I did have problems with the devil uh, uh, part of this. I didn't even really think about it as an anthology, but it really was. You know, the, the way things tied in... Um, Rosalind telling the story of the she-wolf, you know, it just really made me think that she was this she-wolf. So it didn't yeah. surprise me that she became the wolf, you know, or, 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 you know, wearing, wearing the crucifix around her neck and, you know, are the wolves really evil? You know, I think, I think the grandmother actually said that if it's hairy on the inside, it could be good or bad. You know, I, I think they mentioned that a couple of times throughout the movie. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm not a big werewolf fan. I'm not. I, I like the idea of bringing literary Riding Hood into this, you know, kind of this this horror aspect. You know, even though literary Riding Hood is a horror story within itself, it's that like, I, 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 yeah, yeah, the end is. I reread it. It's been a while, so I read it again. Yeah, like, absolutely. It, it, it yeah. felt that way. You know, it just it, it felt like I don't know. I, I, there was something unique about it, but you know, it's, this movie just really wasn't for me. But I do appreciate it, and you know, for me, I I, I could watch this again. You know, maybe there are things I missed, but I, I really, I truly enjoyed the acting. I did like the fact that it was kind of anthological, like throughout the movie. Uh, I, I think both of you said this is that it's slogged. I mean, there there 
certain scenes where he's just like, uh, the gore to me was done so well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 the transformative um, scenes <laughs> of the werewolves just almost like cut off. It was almost like we ran out of budget, so we got to do something yeah. else. You know, um, you know, there, there, there was that scene with the huntsman towards the end where it just seemed like it was going to be American werewolf in London, but then it stopped. You know, and the skin ripped open, and then you see the dog coming out, and the dog coming out of the mouth. It just—it seemed like a cheap way to do that, and I appreciate that. I mean, if you run out of budget, whatever, uh, it was fine. I, it didn't bother me that much, but it, it did slog along. This was an hour and thirty-minute movie, but it just at points felt like it was a three-hour-long movie, and it's just like, yeah, cut some of this shit out. You know, you could have taken out the she-wolf however you know it just felt like to me like like when rosalind was telling the story to the huntsman uh, as he was a wolf that i thought okay so yeah we know she's going to be a wolf and ta-da she's a wolf um yeah there's a lot that could have been cut out of this but it wasn't terrible i mean i think if you enjoy the folklore of a Little Red Riding Hood, and and you enjoy werewolf movies. This is a fun watch. So I'm Hedgeberg. I'm with you. I, I, I'm at I'm at a six out of ten transformative unibrows on this. Nice. Yeah, I, I I I'm fine with that. Like I respect <clears throat> that. And well, and also I should say I particularly love werewolves. That's like kind of my favorite creature. And so, um, you know, that probably I wish we got more of them in this, to be honest. Like, I'm not I I don't mind werewolves as wolves, but I really do want to see a man wolf. You know what I mean? And um, we don't really get that in this film as Mm -hmm. far as the budget would allow. Um, Whereas those other films that we mentioned did bring deliver that, you know, Mm -hmm. that actual werewolf creature. Silver Bullet did it as well. So sure. I also agree that that, you know, watching American Werewolf in London, you know, where it's it is that creature that's crawling on, you know, all fours. Mm -hmm. But it looked like just menacing. You know, yeah. because it, it was almost like a mix between a bear and a wolf or a bear and a dog, you know, and it was just a, it looks so it did have a bear like quality to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that was cool to me. And plus the transformation. How are you going to top that? You know, do yeah. a Rick, ba- With- Rick Baker, you know, uh, um, effect like that. You know, you're not going to top that. So, I mean, I, I don't hold that against it. But again, this is my first watch. So. But just the uh, the well pack of wolves thing, it just uh, it doesn't work the entire film for me. Like it's yeah. cool it's for some scenes here and there that I see the wolves doing their thing, but they don't really do much besides just run around. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no real. Wolf and, I, and Jacqueline, I'm sorry you asked us to bring something up. I love the way the wolves' eyes were shot. You know, yes. the, the way they had the lights to where it was like oranges and and greens and reds and stuff like right. that. Yeah, I, yeah. I I love the way that. Yeah. You know, it just it did give a menacing look to it, but it just didn't really pay off for me. Yeah, it was really good, actually. They every shot with the eyes, they kind of mm-hmm. hit it right, just right with the light. Yeah, right, right. I feel like Neil Jordan, the director and, and writer, um, along with like the production designer, you know, yeah, they had a limited budget, but I feel like they had a real vision for mm-hmm. what this movie was going to look like, and they tried their damnness to like make it look just right. You know, and I think visually, I think everything just about works except for the transformations. Yeah. But I think just aesthetically, everything kind of like, I don't know, they made it happen somehow. Might not have been exactly what they envisioned, but I think with whatever budget they had, I think they, you know, made a pretty good looking movie. 
I also gave it a fleeting thought of like, what if this movie was rebooted? And then I'm like, no, no. I mean, this is fine the way it is. It, it, again, I Guillermo I'm del not, Toro does it. I don't know. I I just think I I think this movie has the charm with practical effects, and and even though there there, there are some weaknesses with transformations or whatever the story was, mm-hmm. I think this movie would be even. It, it would look terrible with all the CGI that they would yes. have to put into this movie. Yeah, no, so, I would say stay practical with this one. Yeah. So, but there, and there's a lot of charm to that. I mean, and maybe it's nostalgia for me, you know, us being older and being able to see movies in the past that had this practical effect. If it worked or it didn't work, you still appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And how many modern films are showcasing unibrows nowadays? Like, obviously. It's These a lost art. Things. Yeah. So, you know, it's, a, it's the new subgenre. Subgenre. Speaking of Unibrow, do you guys want to speak on the representation of sure. said Unibrow in this film? Yeah. You I go do. ahead, Hyderberg. Oh, yeah, all right. Go for uh, it. As far as the brow goes, I think it's a, it's a, prof- it's a prophetic brow, right? It was a prophesized, uh, an evil brow that would come, <laughs> right, from the wood. Um, but also, uh, uh, it's a good representation overall, I think, because the film's lore like touches on the brow's importance. The brow seems to mean evil, like I said, or power here in this film, which I think is some good symbolism. Um, also, masculinity, it seems, uh, like alpha male energy or something like that. I don't know. You know, like as far as pack uh, energy goes. The film also extends our lore of the brow. And uh, I think that's worth noting. So I think it's a pretty well represented uh brow i mean the whole movie is just fucking unibrows to be honest like i couldn't have picked a better film i love how much thought and effort you put into that analysis yeah it's written unibrow. down right here i have it i have I'm an amazed. actual section of my notes i, with I see that <laughs> so i did not put that kind of that's thought fine into just it. wing it okay right off the brow Here's all right jacqueline jacqueline go ahead <laughs> Very off the brow here. Um, <laughs> oh, but I, I agree with everything you said, Hyderberg. Um, I think it's I, I, like, I don't know how the other two movies this month could possibly top this movie just in terms of like the actual importance of the unibrow to the film itself. Yes, like it yeah, actually right. matters. It's like, like it's a, in the narrative. It's yeah, part, yeah. It's not just a character who happens to have one like Lou or like um, uh, Alex from last mm-hmm. week. You're like, right. That's it's like a. a, a crucial part of the story so, <laughs> it is. I, uh, so I, I don't know if that's the case for either of the two remaining movies this month I have a feeling it's going to be more like a you know an incidental thing but for this one like this this is the best possible unibrow representation I could imagine so high high quality representation high praise high praise yeah John from a woman who who likes a, appreciates a, a thicker brow I appreciate a full brow yeah, yeah full brow <laughs> as joey would say as joey would say <laughs> yeah if i was gonna get a story of this <laughs> that the unibrow is a 10 out of 10 in this movie because mm. it's a part of the plot i mean again we're doing yeah, brow member you know and again this started out kind of as a joke when we did the prom night episode but again this became something for us you know but if you're gonna pick like the perfect unibrow movie to watch and review oh this is it now this is it i got it in my pocket now if i ever get <laughs> in a bar like hey do you know a good unibrow movie i got it like here it is <laughs> the subgenre of unibrows and the sub sub genre of werewolves 
and classic literature like if someone asked that question in trivial pursuit like boom dude do you know the movie where it's got <laughs> it's got literature it's got werewolves and it's yeah, got you know? and I, yes i right? do yeah yes i do i'm glad yes, you asked. i do <laughs> or even can you name two movies that feature unibrows and rolls royces oh man yes i can yes i can yes, <laughs> what I is can. don't panic for 500 please yeah <laughs> although i do, oh, you know what i have one negative on the representation of the unibrow in this movie please and it is this all the unibrows are artificial unlike last week that was yeah, naturally was that was a, a unibrow found in the wild this one You're right was that was thrown in a lab that mm-hmm. yeah that was that girl's unibrow that was her actual that was alex's unibrow yeah we really? spoke on that that's real yeah yeah that was her that's real very unibrow. natural and soft and that's i just kept thinking like, about the well pajamas packed. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I just keep thinking about the pajamas because I'm gonna. I just My one critique look. is that we don't see Rosaline get a unibrow because she becomes a werewolf. So wouldn't she get a unibrow as well? We see the woman in her story, which John's yeah. right is basically probably a representation of her inner wolf, and then mm-hmm. yeah, um, you know, she's telling that story. So and then but maybe the, if we saw her get the unibrow, then maybe that would take away the kind of. I want to like, see it grow on her face, her. like she's like, oh, and her uni- her brow gets a little <laughs> bit more pronounced, and then just well. Yeah. Yeah, and not they a full get... transformation, just the middle of her face. She's like, okay, I'm done. We can go. Well, Jacqueline brought it up is at the end of the movie that the mom <laughs> oh, comes yeah, running, goes in. Yeah, the, the mom comes running in and like sees the crucifix and then it just comes in like, Don't shoot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh yeah. So um, maybe if we saw that, maybe it would take away that reveal of like her just coming out as a wolf with the necklace on. But uh, yeah, so that that was my only complaint about the, the unibrow. Nice. Um, John, I'm sorry. Did you finish talking about your unibrow yes. analysis? <laughs> yeah, I, if I was going to give it like any score, it's ten out of ten. Yeah, it's like it's a ten out of ten. Chef's movie. Chef's kiss. Like we've been putting in the work as far as when it comes to like cataloging these suckers. You know what I mean? Like getting them in there, or at least you know bringing them to light, letting people experience it. You know, hey, these are films that showcase unibrows beautifully, actually. Underrepresented in a film, but here but, are the films that you said. I don't know if the next film could top it, but I think the next film's about a person who's like catatonic, right? Or comatose. I, I have no idea. I literally know. And zero I think they have a unibrow, so we might see a lot, a lot of unibrow in the next film. I don't know, I don't Jacqueline. Know. I'm going to give um, Hydraberg Hydrabrow. I'm sorry, Hydrabrow, all the credit on this month because he did pick this month and he mm-hmm. picked the he movies. found all the movies. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to give you all the credit in the world. So I'm going to give you a ten out of ten for. Oh, man, I appreciate that. Ten um, out of ten for Hydraberg. It's tough Hydrabrow. to even follow, freaking. Um. You. Know, uh, what's it called? October to Romero. Like yeah. that was so cool. Yeah, but this is a good and, way to come down from that. Yeah, next I'm, month I'm is gonna this suck. is going well so far. Yeah, next month's like oh god, so boring. No, we're good. We're good. We're, we're <laughs> back to picking next week, next month. So yeah, that's we'll cool. get to actually like pick that. movies yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, it, cool it feels like it's been. It feels like it's been two months since I picked a movie. I know. Like on my it's own. It's been so much fun though. I know it has. I, I, I have enjoyed it. See, this I is why to. I like a theme, you guys. Yeah, it has been fun to just kind of like dive in. Like, who? What's this week gonna bring? And it was in Company of Wolves. The, the Company of Wolves. It was yeah, browtastic. I feel like we I need to. Gotta get, the... I just gotta get my tongue long enough where I can lick my eyebrows. Oh my god, my that is It'll a be... conversation starter. The girls are gonna be beating down your door. Yeah, I want a nine girls. inch tongue and be able to breathe out of my ears. That's oh my god. Uh, so next week uh, would be John's pick. Wait, um, I haven't done trivia yet, you guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, 
Jeez. Hi, man. I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> can, can we get, skip past the younger actress, please? Yes, we all skip okay. past that. Thank yeah. you. All right. All I'll right, keep go. it relatively short, though. Um, well, I mean, this is kind of, well, I'll save that for later. Um, so due to budgetary constraints and fears about safety, most of the wolves in the movie are actually dogs whose fur had been dyed. Um, but for some of the close-up shots of Rosaline interacting with the with the wolf um, towards the end of the movie, they did use a real wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, there were only two two real wolves. Um, the rest were all dogs. Um, I will say, um, so because of the fact that they, you know, a wolf can't really truly a hundred percent be tamed, even if they seem nice, like they're used to people, like you can't fully trust them, you know. And so when they were filming with the two actual wolves. They did have snipers on the set, like who are uh, ready. They they had snipers who are ready to like shoot the wolf if it attacked anybody. It's like I don't know. That seems really dangerous to me. Like let's oh let's wait until it rips somebody's face off and then shoot. I mean, it's just and then like, shoot a speeding bullet at it. Yeah, but then like, why would you <laughs> put somebody? Why would you put your actors in that position to begin with? Like, why would you take that risk? It's just like eh. absolutely. Um, to the, like if if you need snipers to kill like your your animals on set then like maybe you shouldn't have those animals but um the producer did say to one of the snipers he said shoot the wolf first and then shoot me because my life won't be worth living if the wolf goes for that young kid referring to sarah patterson Mm -hmm. so it's again it's again like if you're gonna if you're in that position in the first place like if it's that big of a risk then like why are you putting your 12 year old actress in danger like that yeah i don't know moments like that where i kind of think back on nope uh, and like what they were talking about with the animal handling with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's the real story about the wolves. Um, but apparently Sarah Patterson was like pretty comfortable and brave with the wolves. Like she wasn't nervous. She was like very calm around them. And so, I mean, I guess it worked so, out because nobody got, you know, attacked or shot. So you're telling me that she was actually like like on that fireplace scene that she was with a wolf, a real wolf. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, that's scary. Yeah, and like some people do keep oh. wolves as pets. I mean, it's like ill-advised, but you, yeah. like, it can be done, but not like a hundred percent safely. Like, there's always a chance, you know, they can't well, fully it, be tamed. Yeah, and just to go off on a little tangent, but like, it, like you'll go to a shopping mall or something like that, and they'll bring like baby tigers or something like that in, and they'll drug them up and like let little kids pet them and let them like that's inhumane. Come on, it, it's a wild animal. Ugh. I, I'm with you, Jacqueline. Yeah, don't oh, do that. Just like, eh, you should have just stuck with the dogs. We would have been fine with just the yeah. dogs. Um, okay, I, this is maybe my favorite fact. Stanley Kubrick, who is one of my favorite directors, was so impressed by the production design on this movie that he hired the production designer, Anton First, to do the production design for his next project, which was Full Metal Jacket, which is a movie. Fuck, I fuck yeah. Oh my God. That's sick. That's that's probably my favorite fact for the week. I love that. That's one of yeah. my favorite Kubrick films too. Same. So good. So yeah. good. Oh my god. I think about that movie all the time. Like probably more than I should. <laughs> Just it's so goddamn disturbing. I think everybody remembers that first viewing of yeah. that movie. You know what I mean? Oh, Especially yeah. when there's a switch of like genres in a sense, or like there's two different tales. tone. It, it's a, tone. it's a, yeah, it's more a, like a tonal yeah, switch. Yeah. Definitely, definitely switch of tone. You know, I like both of, the beginning and like end. boot camp and then. Vietnam, so it's interesting. And we got a band like Two Live Crew that just kind of bit off of that. <laughs> Me so horny. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yep. Anyway. Um. All right. So somebody named Micah Burgays 
whose identity will become clear in a moment, was originally hired to work as a choreographer specifically to help Stephen Ray. Is that how you say his name? Stephen Ray? The mm-hmm. the one who plays the groom, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. specifically to help him and whoever was going to be cast in the part of the huntsman that hadn't been cast yet, but to help them work on the physicality of their transformations and their body movements and stuff. So this guy, Micah Burgays, was hired to be like a choreographer for that, like to help with body movement. Um but Neil Jordan was so impressed with Burgess's grasping of the themes of the project and with his look and his movement that he became the Huntsman. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's wow. So the guy playing the Huntsman was originally yeah. just like a choreographer, but he was like, oh, you're hired. I mean, he acted the role pretty well. He it seemed did. like he had some theater experience or something there. So mm-hmm. it fit with the rest of the actors. Yeah, I I, I really enjoyed his performance. I thought yeah. it was great. It was very like devilish. Uh, as fucking creepy as it was, yeah. okay, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think this is hilarious. The production design could only afford 12 trees for filming. They looked like there was miniatures. Like, so the scenes are out her window. That's all miniatures, it looks like, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there were only, tw- like, 12 real trees. So they had to, like, kind of make do with that. Um, interestingly, spe- speaking of what you just said, Hyderberg, the wide shot as the bird flies away from the tree that um, Rosaline has, has climbed... That was shot by positioning a small doll on a bonsai tree. Wow. Surrounded by other bonsai trees and everything was set against a painted backdrop. And then uh-huh. the movement of the bird was done by stop stop motion. Okay. Wow. So That's crazy. you're right. Miniatures, just bonsai trees. Bonsai. <laughs> uh, the movie, I don't know if you guys know this. It was based on um, a collection of short stories by Angela Carter. Uh, so... The, the story collection is called The Bloody Chamber, but there's three stories specifically inside that deal with like werewolves. So one is called The Company of Wolves, mm. one is called Wolf Alice, and one is just called The Werewolf. And so the movie is like kind of a melange of those three stories that are taken from that collection, right. if you will. Um, and you will. And you will. So there's that. Um that sounds interesting. Apparently, there. I mean, if we think about it, I think we could have like realized this, but there was like quite the werewolf boom during this time yeah, in the 80s. Were. Just to like rattle these off, we had Wolfen, The Howling, An American Werewolf in London, Full Moon High, Teen Wolf, Silver Bullet, The Howling 2, Teen Wolf 2, and The Howling 3. So plus this movie is just like werewolf, werewolf, werewolf. Yeah. It was a good time. Good time. <clears throat> yeah, Wolfman's low budget. Nards. Hmm? I said Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> So, yeah, the budget was really tight on this movie. Um, Angela Lansbury, who was the only, like, star name in the movie, um, she was the highest paid cast member at $35,000. Oh, shit. Nice. And she got some knitting in while she was on set. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she got, you know, some some things crossed off. I heard she solved the crime as well. (laughs) Of course she did. (laughs) Yeah, there was a murder. And then Uh, took it to Matlock. Yeah. Yeah. I used to watch Matlock. I don't remember watching it, but I remember the theme song. Theme music. Mm. Uh, I like this one. So Dame Angela Lansbury found it odd that the studio's Hammer or Amicus had never asked her to appear in a horror film for them in the 60s or 70s. But several of her colleagues, such as Joan Collins, Christopher Lee, Charles Gray, a.k.a. the criminologist from Rocky Horror, yeah. and even Betty Davis had done films for Hammer or Amicus. While they complained to her about the low pay, they all enthused about the fun they had and how creative the productions were. So I think uh, old Angela was like feeling kind of left out of, yeah, the, that kind of the horror scene. It would have been know? interesting to see her mark more in that genre. Poor yeah. gal. I would have loved gal. to see that. Yeah. I think she did all right, Hydra Yeah, she did. 
the film's budget was a little over two million dollars. I think it was like two point four million. Um, but it made like four point three million in the American box office. Not nice. bad. Not That's bad. Nice. Cool. That's not yeah. bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um so this was an independent film and it was sold to various distributors around the world. So that's why the film was released in some countries a year after the UK release and also why poster art can <clears throat> differ from country to country. I love that kind of stuff though. Like Me other too. countries. Posters. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, see, did I have anything else? Oh, the film won um, an award at the 1985 international fantasy film awards. It won for best film and best special effects. Wow. Oh, dang. It was also nominated for four BAFTA awards for costume design, makeup, production or art direction, and special visual effects. And I apologize. BAFTA is the British Academy yeah. Awards? I, believe I think so. so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's pretty good. That's like pretty prestigious. So Nice. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for trivia. Now, Hyderberg, do you want to talk about next week? Oh, my bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next Trying to edge week, me out here. <laughs> I am not. No way. I could never edge you out. Um, but I might trim the edges a little bit. Just, <laughs> Take an edge uh, into those yeah, things. Just pluck them. Uh, yeah. Next week is we're covering Patrick from 1978. I know. I want to go into that completely blind. I don't even want to know anything about it because yeah. I I literally know zero. I don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I saw like a poster of it, and that was it. When I was looking it up, mm-hmm. I watched the trailer, so I kind of. Oh, you okay. did. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not even going right. to do that. Yeah. Well. Well, let's see how this one goes. I mean, who knows? But we are having special guest Amy Burke on. Yay! As far as I know. Oh, Amy's coming I'll on. I'll do a Hell double yeah. confirmation this week. But as far as okay. I know, she was ready to go. So Nice. So she's such a great guest. It's always yeah. a good time. And I thought this is a on. good month to get her on. You know, we're kind of covering the mustache of the of the forehead. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, and she was great with the Tom Atkins. She was. Absolutely. Maybe the unit next week will be unibrow rides. Oh, I don't know. Well, I guess it, I John. guess technically it's my John. pick. That is. So, so you brow ride. So let's do that. Thank so, you, Jacqueline. Well, I let's. I mean, that. let's see if it fits with the movie. Yeah, let's let it ride. It's up to, it's up to you. It's let your it creative ride. choice. It's yeah. your creative choice. Let's see how the creative juices are flowing out of that uni brow. Ew. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, just say hello, ask a question, share your thoughts, agree or disagree with us, whatever you want to say, just send us an email at a cut above horror review at gmail.com you can also follow us on x if you want at cut above horror uh you can follow us on instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review i do want to remind you go follow us cinemigos podcast our buddy hydroberg and uh john and robert uh they did fistful of dollars this past week make sure you go follow them give them the five star ratings give us the five star ratings on itunes and spotify also follow us on uh facebook a cut above or yeah yeah email us friend. send us some emails unibrow stories i don't know uh recipes whatever or just like what do you think of our unibrow theme like do you think it's really stupid or are you is it's so it? stupid that it's good it's like nobody oh, nobody so thinks it's stupid jacqueline nobody thinks it's stupid i mean joey does but <laughs> john put your hand down what joey thinks it's stupid <laughs> yeah how dare you joe <laughs> Joey, he's too, he's too highbrow. He's too highbrow, right? He's too highbrow yeah. for the unibrow. Yeah. <laughs> Joey, go get it waxed again, okay, buddy? Yeah, I think <laughs> maybe he's projecting. Maybe Joey act- actually has a unibrow, and we're not aware of. <laughs> no, I think he feels inadequate because he doesn't uh, have a unibrow. He's feeling yeah. like maybe he's not. And he's seeing how much joy it's been bringing you these past two weeks. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Why you're glowing after that podcast episode last week?" 
And you're like, Jacqueline, why are your abs so hard? I've been laughing. I know. And seriously, I, I think my abs have, I, I have like an eight pack now because of yeah, laughing so hard. <laughs> the whole thing is just so silly, but I love it. Donkulous. It's, abs- it's, it's yeah. absurd, but I love it as well. Yep. All right. So everybody go watch Patrick from 1978, you said? Yeah. All right. So go watch that and come back and join us again for part three of Brow Vember. And keep it creepy.